Did you know that this podcast is part of an entire network of podcasts? You probably did. We talk about it from time to time, but we'd really appreciate it if you headed on over to duckfeed.tv and checked out our other shows. People who like this show will probably really like Watch Out for Fireballs, which is a retro games book club podcast. Uh, kind of a similar examination, but we have a bunch of other stuff there. Uh, Monster in My Podcast is a short examination of the D&D Monstrous Manual. It's real goofy. Abject Suffering is nominally about bad games, but is the most fun we have recording. Uh, and then there are a bunch of other shows as well. Almost too many to list. We love making shows. So uh, we'd really appreciate it if you head over to duckfeed.tv and checked out some of the other stuff we have on offer. Some of our landings were desperate adventures. We are now prepared to meet the inevitable counterattacks with power and with confidence. But what do you really know about these lords of Cinder, these supposed legends? Let's take Aldrich for one. A right and proper cleric. Only he developed a habit of devouring men. He ate so many that he bloated like a drowned pig. Then softened into sludge. So they stuck him in the Cathedral of the Deep. And they made him a Lord of Cinder. Not for virtue, but for might. Such as a Lord, I suppose. But here I ask, do we have a sodding chance? <laughs> My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And what's up? I'm Dave Control. <laughs> yeah, or and, Dave uh, Klein. Uh, this is a bonfireside <laughs> chat. It is a, it is a Kindled favorite. Yeah, and this week uh, it is Dave Control pre-recorded. No, it's um, we're covering the uh, the the Cathedral of the Deep, and as you heard, we're joined by Dave Klein of uh, of Dave, Dave Control Live. Uh, thank you uh, so much, Dave. I like to imagine that it was just a soundbite you played of me just going, <laughs> "I'm Dave Control." Like it was just cut off. <laughs> we, have, like, we got we the sound. We got the, like it's like a radio show. You have the sound buttons you press. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. There, there's nine buttons that are just different things that, that you've said and then we have a spring a spring noise toilet flush a, a toilet flush and then like the oh yeah from uh from that yellow song yep. toilet flush is perfect that's all you really need yep. i like that it's not a kindled version that's that's nice good touch yeah, yeah, yeah. thanks thank you thank you people people who listen to the show know know you dave but if if anyone if they are just tuning in for dark souls 3 uh can you speak a little bit about uh how people might know you and what uh, what it is you do Sure. I make, well, I guess what I'm most known for are my videos on the Souls franchise. I started with Dark Souls 1, making lore videos and comedy one-offs, and then I did that with Dark Souls 2 and Bloodborne, and now Dark Souls 3. So I've been in quite a lot of Souls. And I also do comedy retrospectives of games that i played throughout the years, kind of like John Shrani, your peanut butter gamer, would be like a style, I guess, that's referred, similar to. And then I do a Chronicles of Gaming history show as well. And mm-hmm. yeah, just, I don't know. Also a show I started recently called you need to know about important games in history. Hmm. Yeah. So. And, and you're in the, the three timer club for bonfire side chat, which is rare. I think it's uh, oh. it's you and like Lobos and just a couple people have been on the show three times. Well honored. Oh man. Well, I just ran into Lobos today actually. So I would have, hmm. would have given him three high fives if I'd known. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the secret. Uh, that's, that's the, the Shriners handshake. Yeah. 
the secret three timers handshake. <laughs> yep. It's uh well well I was about to say I was about to tell people how to do it, but that would ruin the Yeah. I mean yeah. I guess I wouldn't have been allowed to until after today though. Yeah, that's a thing. That's why that, Mike avoided you. Yeah. 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 I've only done it twice. Whenever you try to give somebody a high five and they go down low too slow, it's because you yeah. haven't been on Bonfire Side chat enough times to get the get that high five. And when you call and they're some, in the no and you're not. When you yeah. call somebody and you think that they've answered, but it's actually their voicemail, it's because you haven't been on Bonfire Side chat four times. It's true. Yeah. Down low, too low. The number of times you've been on Bonfire Side chat, that is. Um yeah. So so people, I mean, we we've uh, referenced your videos and, and talked about them several times. Uh, I think most people listening to the show are probably familiar with your stuff. But um, the uh, the reason, you know, when I first reached out to you in the Dark Souls 2 season and the reason why I like having you on the show, or one of the reasons, um, is that I like that uh, one of the things I like about your lore videos is that there is a real clear delineated line between, like, what's kind of conjecture and what's supported, um, which most, you know, most of the lore people who I like do that. Um, you know, it is, uh, it is very, uh, you know, hey, this is just kind of my thoughts. And uh, I like that kind of real clear line between those things. So, yeah, they, and just I, uh, you know, direct direct sourcing from uh, from items and all, all that stuff right on the screen. So, yeah. yeah, I think that's super important. At least like when I started making more videos, that was kind of my thought process was I wanted to make sure people knew because there were I don't know, there's lore videos you'd see um, that were yeah, they're just like would be really good, but you had no idea where they were getting the information from. So I don't know. Sometimes people hate it that I do item description references because they just want something more cinematic. But to me, it's like well. I don't want to make fan fiction. That's I, that's just never been my thing. I just want to tell you what actually happened in the story and what I think might have happened. And if it is what I think, I want you to know that's what I think. Yeah, yeah. And there's, I mean, I like I like both. I mean, there's an element of uh, cinematics to to what you do as well. But it is, um, you know, it it is supported too. And it's just it's it, there's there's a line which I like a lot. Yeah, um, I mean, I just made like one. Uh, my most recent video as of us recording is uh, like. TLDW or Too Long Didn't Watch version of the mm. story video that I made because I made a story video that was 30 minutes long for Dark Souls 3 and I was like alright some people would be really into this and some people won't want to watch that long so I made a 6 minute just like comedy version mm-hmm. and um, yeah so there's no item references at all which was kind of freeing in a way because I'm so used to needing to put those in I was like I can just, I can just have fun with this <laughs> and if people don't believe it whatever they can go watch my 30 minute video Mm-hmm. it's like when you first do any amount of writing after you get out of school and you're like oh hey like this is what it's like to actually just write something and not you know cite this in in mla style yeah it's funny like uh, that really is when i make my lore videos it feels like doing a research paper because i'm when i'm doing my quotes and stuff or item descriptions what i'm really doing is just citing the source yeah. you know yeah. yeah so it's like here's my citation yeah i mean For sure that's what happens when i put the uh the outlines together <laughs> Is, yeah, uh, yep. you know, drawing those connections in there. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, we're, we're really happy to have you. And I wanted to get somebody who was uh, from the lore part of the community for this area, because this is a, a lore rich area. Yeah. Um, as we're talking about the Cathedral of the Deep. But before we move on to that, Cole, uh, where, what did we do last time? Well, last time we walked the road of sacrifices. Uh, we slayed a distant disciple of Big Hat Logan uh, in the Crystal Sage. And now uh, we're looking up a cliffside toward our destination, the Cathedral of the Deep and uh, the residents of Aldrich, our uh, first Lord of Cinder. Um, and uh, yes, definitely the very end of our quest, because everybody says, find Aldrich and that is all, right? Yeah. He's definitely dun, dun, dun. here. <laughs> yeah, that's where he lives. It's his, his face is on the on the the car that's parked outside. There's a little uh, vinyl cutout 
<laughs> of yeah, just and, like like nine deacons and then a big pile of slime. Next and you're to like, it. oh man, there we go. That's in, like perfect marker for him. <laughs> and I don't know if you guys talked about it, but there was um in the you find these the evangelists along the way, both in the undead settlements and on the road of sacrifice on the way towards or road of sacrifices, excuse me, it's plural. Um, <laughs> on the way to Cathedral of the Deep. And if you actually read their items, you realize that the evangelists are actually evangelists for the Cathedral of the Deep and for Alders trying to spread his gospel yeah. to the undead settlement. So it's pretty yeah. cool that you can see that clear line there leading back into the Cathedral of the Deep. Yeah, and they're also coordinating the supply line, it seems. Yeah, I mean, it does seem to be the case. So, yeah, that's where they're getting all these bodies to eat. Noms. In, in, in the last episode, Cole, did, did one of us say Road of Snacrifices? I uh, think maybe we did. Okay. Yeah. I, I, hope, I hope we got the road of sacrifices in there. <laughs> we That's did. fantastic. I love that. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I, I, because, uh, yeah, but it is, uh, it's interesting that these first three major or uh, these three major areas all kind of connect to one place. Like we don't see that this early on usually mm-hmm. in uh, in a Souls game. So it's it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so as, as we mentioned, uh, the Cathedral of the Deep is the seat of Eldrick, uh, the Saint of the Deep. And in our opening cinematic and dialogue from the characters, we learn that uh, he turned to cannibalism, eating men, and uh, eventually uh, was made into a Lord of Cinder for his strength, um, as opposed to uh, because he wanted to or out of kind of altruism. Right. Um, his form kind of became twisted, and he became this blob-like creature that we see kind of oozing out of a casket in the beginning of the game. Yeah, yeah. And so he has this kind of like sad backstory a little bit, because like as he was... Um, you know, facing the fading of the flame in his age, he had these visions of this kind of coming age of a deep sea, right? And so he built this religion around it and kind of sought to transcend uh, the cycle on its own by devouring the flesh of the gods themselves. And by doing this, you know, he set up this whole power structure where he just got as many dudes as possible for his gullet, creating this narrative for his followers to kind of make their unpleasant duties more palatable. Um, but this cathedral that we're going to go into kind of is like this monument uh, to the system that he made for himself. The other thing, too, with him that we find if you pick up all the items is he was a cleric, uh, at least at first. And I'm I'm almost positive, say like 95% positive, but purely conjecture here, um, <laughs> that, he, that was specifically a cleric of the Way of White. Mm. Because mm-hmm. we find a lot of references within the Cathedral of the Deep to the Way of White. Yes. Uh, there's a lot of items that we pick up, and then there's a lot that has to do with uh, faith-based things. So it seems to me that specifically what he was was a way of white cleric, which um, I don't know, I find interesting too because we know that he did eventually. Is this something that we learned early? Yeah, we we know he linked the fire because mm-hmm. he's, yeah, a, he's yeah. A, yeah, the Lord of Cinder. Yeah, he yeah, was... he's a Lord of Cinder, so he linked the fire. So uh, at this point, we know that. So um, and yeah, we learned that from. Um, the crestfallen bro, whose name I always Hawkwood from Hawkwood, when he's talking to us about it, and yeah, like he was also, but eventually he was forced into becoming a Lord of Cinder. So it seems like that sounds like he didn't actually want to become, but it could also be possible that if like this was based off of the Way of White, who believes in Gwyn, who would therefore believe in the Link in the Fire, it actually makes sense that maybe like maybe he actually thought that was right at this point. And he's yeah. like, oh, that's a good thing. Yeah, the, the chronology is a little bit hard to follow yeah. with him. That's like, I, I feel like we get a really good picture of Aldrich's story as far as NPCs go in uh, Dark Souls 3, but the actual order of events is probably the trickiest part um, for him. Right. And uh, yeah, it's definitely definitely a way of white kind of thing. And the deep is really interesting too as a concept here because there's like a reference to it being uh, like once like a holy place 
um, and then monstrosities kind of growing from it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And and it being, you know, it is the deep in in a game where we have, uh, you know, we have the dark, we have uh, the age of man, we have the the deep, we have the abyss. Like it is really hard to figure out if all of these things are referring to the exact same thing, or if they are are different things or variations on yeah. on the same. Uh, because if this is referring to to the deep or referring to the abyss, uh, rather, when all these things about the deep, um, there's not a lot of abyssal kind of things right. in this other than uh, the boss soul, which we get to and the color of the boss soul, which is kind of a small piece of piece of evidence. Yeah. And one of the spells that the uh, that the boss soul gives you, um, I forget uh, the exact name of it right now is down here at the bottom, like but deep. It- Deep shit, deep yeah. shallow, or deep deep shit. <laughs> yes, deep, deep shit. shit. That's the one. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and the, the description you think says you're in, used to say you're in deep shit <laughs> when, when he would. You're in deep shit. Would, yeah. Deep, yeah. Well, you're in deep shit now. That's what the uh, the item description says. No, um, yeah. it summons dark soul dregs from the deep. Uh, is yeah. the thing. But the D in dark is not capitalized, so it is not dregs of the dark soul. These are just dark souls or souls that happen to be dark, maybe. I don't know. And then some, some birds of, are blackbirds. <laughs> some of the other uh, kind of like item descriptions talk about like, okay, at one point they recognize that this was like um, a place that, you know, like a really corrupting force. And the mm. uh, like this, you know, order was kind of like dedicated toward keeping it at bay and kind of keeping it constrained. But then ultimately they were, you know, corrupted and turned by it and uh, kind of seduced and started serving it, um, you know, yeah. to draw it out. Which sounds, I mean, that sounds a lot like abyssal kind of stuff too, right? Yeah. Yeah, it just it's a little bit since we have this and then we also have uh, a Lord of Cinder that's explicitly dedicated to watching and, and keeping an eye on the abyss mm-hmm. uh, just kind of down the way. It's just kind of strange to me. The way it stacks up is a little bit weird. I mean, it's, um, it's something that uh, <laughs> that we run into, like with the giants and with a couple of other things. You know, we ran into it with uh, with Bloodborne as well, which is like the same nouns applying to a bunch of different things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely the thing that I debate the most with Aldrich is, I, I don't know how much Abyss influence there was or, I mean, there, you find, I feel like, I think you find some dark spells and I think the most evidence towards it being Abyssal is that if I remember correctly, there is a tome that you find there and it's one of the tomes that if you give it to the arena of Kareem, it, it fucks her up. So, yeah, and like, like it's all these like bad, like dark uh, abyss type style spells if i remember correctly um and if that's the case then that would definitely seem to be that it is abyss stuff starting to spread in yeah but it's definitely yeah. some sort of corruption based off of what they're doing which is eating other people and i think that's really what it was was the corruption mm-hmm. started from them eating other people and there's all these character um enemies we find in the area like the maggot creatures that we find at the bottom of the graveyard mm-hmm. and those maggots uh later on we find them again in relation to Alderich. So yeah. Uh, I feel like, I, yeah, I don't want to go too far into it, but <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. Like, you, we do see those guys again and definitely relates to Alderich 100%. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get into the stuff as we, as we run into it, but it's just kind of uh, figuring out exactly what the church of the deep is. If this is literally people who worship the abyss uh, or not, which is an interesting place for the way of white to, to kind of fall to I guess um, I'll say, like, so this is, I, I think I have a different interpretation than you guys, which is fine. You know, that's Dark Souls. But uh, the one uh, description, which we get later on, that talks about Aldrich's visions of the deep sea. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that was something, to me, that took place after he linked the fire the first time. Where he, because it, 
goes with him ruminating on the fire and then deciding he would eat the well do something else like eat other mm-hmm. things and that was when he saw the visions of the deep sea he's like you know what screw it i'm gonna go eat gods <laughs> so uh I, like to me I, I figured that that was something that happened after his first linking of the fire but that was just my interpretation which could be totally off i i had a completely like i i thought that the deep sea thing and this is uh i don't know if i talked about this on the show or just talked about it on like twitter and stuff or in, in personal conversations and stuff but the age of the deep sea really felt to me like it was you know you know or i'm sure david that you've like read the interviews and stuff and saw that like at some point in development, Dark Souls 3 was meant to be a turning point rather than the finale of the series. Yeah. Like early interviews, Miyazaki said, no, it's just going to be a turning point. I thought that that was referencing, that was going to be something that we moved into. Like we are going oh, to do oh. a Dark Souls game that had nothing to do with the age of fire or dark. Call and, Bloodborne. And... <laughs> well, so, what was that? I said call Bloodborne. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. He's the whole deep sea thing if you played the DLC. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, yeah I, like I, that's a good point, though. Yeah. I mean, like maybe it's something that they'll do with the DLC is explain that a little bit more. I mean, the Bloodborne thing is an interesting reference, but I, I, I don't know. I like to think that they're completely separate universes, and I really hope it's not a Bloodborne reference. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, <laughs> I, I hope I want that to be addressed. I want something, or at least you know, just a couple more nuggets that reference the Age of the Deep Sea, yeah. um, in the uh, the DLC, because otherwise, it just if it's just the Age of Dark is the age of the deep sea like boy does that have a lot of names like the age of man the age of dark the age of the deep sea like it is uh it just it, it is confusing to me mm-hmm. um so i it felt like maybe like cut content or a dangling thing to me um yeah but we, uh, hopefully we'll find out um this fall <laughs> yeah before Did we they announce the to... date no no i don't actually know i thought well i thought it was um moving into 17 so don't quote me on this they don't they didn't announce a date but i thought it was three starting at the end of this year and moving into 2017. But because okay, I saw you... Vadi tweeted some interview from Japanese. I think it was Game No Show Kotaku again, which has some great quotes on Dark Souls 1. Uh, if that <laughs> was, I have to read the full interview because that, they're really good. But anyways, um, I think Vadi tweeted something out about how a quote from Miyazaki saying they'd only just now started working on the DLC for Blood Bowl, or Dark Souls 3. Yeah, maybe, I don't know, maybe I dreamed it. <laughs> I mean, I don't was, know how long uh... it would take. I, look, I don't know. So this is just like... yeah. <laughs> Speculating <laughs> off of something I think I saw off of Adi's Twitter. So yeah, it is. Uh, none of us know yeah, when it's like, coming out. I definitely yeah. know less. Yeah. Um, so maybe in fall, maybe not. Yeah, maybe just uh, in a year from now, or two years, or maybe they'll put it out in like 2020. Yeah, and we're all. Uh, <laughs> I keep thinking yeah. it's going to be fall because that's what would be most convenient for the show. Yeah, yeah, it would just be nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, yeah, oh, so, what do you know? We can bounce right back into more content. <laughs> I'll I'll put a word in uh, with Mister Mister Miyazaki song, and then uh, see if we can get that happening in the fall. We're gonna need that in Q four. Um, <laughs> so before you actually get to the the cathedral, we have this little approach uh, right after the Crystal Sages um, up these cliffs, where we run into an evangelist uh, who's around a uh, a campfire, a couple of crystal lizards, and a couple of uh, of these cage guys who we know that collect victims for Aldrich. Yeah. Um. Um. And specifically, we have a corpse of a herald here. Um, yes. somebody who you know would have gone in ahead of a cleric uh to this place yes yeah and uh uh we can actually also get the crest shield here too which will be somewhat useful at least in the uh in the boss fight although we do not have really as many sources of dark damage here um but i'm really curious about this uh the the, the paladin ashes that are kind of being guarded by this assassin by the stairs yeah yeah i don't know what to make of this um yeah what a what do you 
you've got in the note here that they're implied to be those of Paladin Leroy. Is that just because they're Paladin Ashes? Uh, I mean, just because everything is a reference. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but also like a Paladin who paid dearly for his uh, for his blind for you know for his blind sense of justice or whatever. Um, mm. That 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 to me kind of like led, led to it. At least I can draw a little bit. Although that could describe a lot of Paladins. That is a that is a um, you know common trait. It's a core competency: being blinded by a sense of justice. Among they're they're a, they're a hot blooded people. <laughs> but um, but that uh, but but specifically like those ashes let you buy like all of the gear from the way of white folks. Um, Yikes. from uh, from Dark Souls One, you know, you get yes. Nico's curved axe, and you get uh, you get like a Morning Star, um, bunch of stuff like that. Yeah. Um. After after you get the those ashes, um after you fight that church assassin you walk up the stairs and we run into another like here's the bandit from uh here's uh the guy in the bandit gear yeah. um very similar the to the forest NPC covenant fight. people all again it's like oh whoa yeah. forest covenant welcome back bros. <laughs> yep. Yep. also real quick i'm gonna completely derail everything um because that's what i'm doing that's what i'm here for have you guys seen 12 years in the flow of the show um so i just found the interview that i was talking about that body tweeted out about it's mm-hmm. from fort gamer and the okay. quote supposedly translated, which I'm assuming is correctly translated, because I don't know, Reddit trans- these translators are usually pretty reliable. Mm-hmm. Is so far I'm imagining a distant, faraway land which the story will revolve around, but it'll deliver a slightly different atmosphere to the main game. We've just started working on the first one. Okay. Of the mm-hmm. Dark Souls 2 DLC. Interesting. So, anyways, all right, yeah, back to those <laughs> Force Covenant guys. Yeah. What I thought, what I guess, like my assumption was with those guys, and again, this could be totally off but i was just thinking like oh i guess since we're close to um haram like that area mm-hmm. i figured it might have a little bit more to do with that like everything else that we find in that area since these are forest covenant guys yeah they wandered over yeah, yeah. something to that extent yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe they're posted up trying to keep people from getting out of the uh of the cathedral maybe in, into the into Farron's keep or something yeah yeah since they're yeah. Since they seem like pretty unhappy neighbors they're not uh uh they're the <laughs> conflict of interest there between the two yeah. of them uh this can this can work up to be a pretty difficult fight especially if you don't know that that assassin's coming from behind you thankfully mm-hmm. uh, if you're playing online there are a lot of uh like warding messages saying like watch out for um whatever behind you um mm-hmm. but yeah like getting the two of these on on the stair i actually died a couple times of this Yes, you did. <laughs> I mean, you didn't say anything. You just assumed. I didn't. I didn't find it too super tough, but I I could understand why why somebody could. Yep, for sure. Yeah. Um. After you get through, the, I found this next part tough. Uh, after you get through <laughs> this gate, there's this weird little walk up thing that feels a lot like the forest that leads to Hemwick to me. Hmm. Um. Of like guys with ranged weapons and dogs, uh, like snipers and dogs. The forest. Yeah. <laughs> uh. To me. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, I get that. it's like this dog-legged uh, kind of uh, path in the woods here as they kind of post up with flaming crossbow bolts and the dogs coming at you. Yeah, this is a meat grinder. Yeah, it's, it's such a short, thought... short little thing, too, because the next bonfire is pretty quick after this. You know, I never really thought too much about it, but it definitely seems like, yeah, like you said, either it's a, it's a meat grinder or just defense of the cathedral. One of those two things. Yeah. It's very explicitly like uh, uh, posted up defensively here, um, yeah. and then when, once you get through that, you get your first kind of suicide bomber, um, undead, yeah, who comes out. I love this little set piece because that he triggers differently if it's your first time through. It seems like, or if it, maybe you just have no reason to come from this direction. 
otherwise. <laughs> but um, you know, who walks towards you and then sets himself on fire and, and runs at you. Yeah. The um, uh the kind of valley that he's in or that uh that corridor it frames him so nicely because it seems mm-hmm. like he's passive at first. Like he, he kind of aggro at a relatively uh short distance as you yeah. as you approach him, but then like when he starts running and then sets himself on fire, that's like um, a little bit of a wake-up call because like oh i remember these guys a little bit from dark souls too at least they're not going to curse me i guess but yeah, yeah. they're going to curse you with dying of fire <laughs> so, <laughs> the curse uh, of flame is the curse of yeah. wanting to yeah, jump the, the into curse a of body death. of water yeah um <laughs> and uh so you, you you get past this guy into the actual church itself um this kind of big beautiful uh cathedral here and uh one of the, this is uh i love this area um this is one of the biggest areas that I can think of in Souls games. And this is your bonfire for it, <laughs> which is really cool. Like there's a lot of really good, meaningful shortcuts and doubling back in the Cathedral of the Deep. Yeah. Yeah, that was definitely nice. Also at the bonfire right away, we get um, the bonfires against a, some sort of stone tablet that has a bunch of beacons on it. Mm, so it's yeah. actually pretty cool if you look at that. Also behind is a statue of a crying lady. I don't I don't know why that's there, but that's there too. Just like yeah, throwing that out there. The the putting the deacons here is really cool because like this is going to be the boss of the area, so you're just yeah. you're seeing it right away. You know, um, it's definitely that's nice awesome. Reference, you don't even really think about it when you first go there. Yeah, that's super great. Um, yeah. So you, so you, as you head out, there's kind of two places you can go after you leave, and there's a bunch of these uh, worshippers, these devouts of the deep, kneeling at an obelisk around an Estus shard. Um, just waiting for you to stab them in the back. Um, there is a well that will become meaningful in a little bit. Um, that's here. Uh, does that, does Sigurd trigger, what causes Sigurd to move here? Um, opening up the front door of the cathedral did it for me. Okay. Yeah. I still it's don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's fiddly, man. Like it is, you know, it's not going to be when you first walk by here. Um, is Sigurd's not going to be here, so we'll we'll talk about him in a minute when we. Which is we'll awful because I didn't find him my first time through. I had <laughs> no I. idea because I like I finished that area. I had no reason to go back there again. He's still down there. So yeah, well, my first game, yeah. Well, <laughs> my first game is at like New Game Plus three at this point. So I guess I saved him eventually. There are three but... of them down there. He's so crowded. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you lost your armor too. Hmm. <laughs> Well, we're all three and we're all naked and it's all <laughs> warmth. Um, At New Game Plus 17, there are enough of them that they can like climb out and pull each other out. out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ladder. It's like yeah. that, it's like that Perry Bible Fellowship comic with the rabbits. With the, oh, the, the rabbits, yeah. yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking of, too. Um, yeah. Uh-oh. So uh, I, you can kind of... Or go ahead. Dave. Did you guys find him your first time playing through? No. No. <laughs> no, no. Because there's, there's no reason to backtrack. It's like yeah. um, there's a, there's another NPC later that involves backtracking to an area with like teleporting back uh, bonfires. There's no reason to ever go back. But with the way that you get a uh, Cirrus when you uh, the first time you do where you get summoned into her world, there's no reason to go back there. Mm-hmm. Like uh, it's just I ended up using a guide because why would I just walk across that bridge again? Yep. Yeah. You know? I knew something was. I knew something was up because you can see a Softo message that says like a friend question mark. But yeah, like on my first go, nothing. Yeah. And even if there's just because uh, the soapstone, I've seen them by the well, too, but there's nothing like there's nothing in the well. I just assume that it's something I fucked up. Yeah. You know, that like, oh, there would have been somebody here and there's not. I mean, uh, I don't think I think the soapstone for the well is only other players. I don't think there's a developer one there, if I'm not mistaken. Hmm. Yeah, no, it is is definitely other players for that one. But it is, it is just weird. If, if you had reason to backtrack, if there were no 
teleporting bonfires, it would make sense for Sigurd to get triggered once you open the, the door. I have no idea why he's not just here when you first get here. It is a, a mild frustration to me. I, I guess the uh, the thing is you can find patches here. Yeah. And I, I never did. I still haven't found patches here, and I've played <laughs> through the game five or six times. Yeah, I tried my damnedest to get them. I think that they're just this is such a wide-open area uh, that uh, they're like, if you approach it the wrong way or if you open doors in the wrong order... Um, you have to uh, uh, find him back at Firelink, which is what I had, to, which I had to do this, uh, do this time. It, that's what happened on my first playthrough. On my one where I was specifically following like a checklist to make sure I saw all the NPCs, I found patches, <laughs> and there are a couple of things that cause him not to spawn inside the cathedral. One of which is going up to the rafters mm. uh, early that, on. That's always what I naturally do first, yeah. and every yeah. time I'm like, oh, I guess <laughs> screw that yep. up. Yep, it is. It is uh, needlessly complicated. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so there's two kind of paths here. If you go to the right of the well, you can head down to this little cliffside area. If you go up, you go up to this kind of graveyard, and uh, they kind of loop in on each other. So we're just going to, they're both, you know, they can both go to the same spot, uh, ultimately. Yeah. Uh, so we'll talk about the creek first, uh, briefly. Yeah, so if you drop down here, you get this kind of large uh, uh, transplant from Resident Evil Zero, this corpse grub uh, mm-hmm. that is like a, a golem made of leeches. Uh, that attacks with these big leaps. Um, and this is a pretty cool mechanic because as as his attacks land, more leeches attach to you and your your uh, bleed builds up and they slowly bleed up over time. But you can stop this by pulling it, by whipping out a torch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, there was a soapstone that told me to try torch, which is what, uh, <laughs> what got me to figure that out. I never tried using a torch as a weapon against him. I wonder if he uh, cowers like the, uh, like the night shifts. He uh, does. It is cool with the torch that you actually see them burning off. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah i mean yeah he, he like uh you said he does power away so that's also nice a nice mm. touch mm-hmm. yeah i had no idea actually my little brother was the one who told me he was like yeah i just used the torches against them i was like what <laughs> wait torches <laughs> yeah i mean uh, my first time playing through because i got the game a little early i i was just playing with no soapstones or anything so there was nothing that would help guide me to even think to use a torch mm. yeah. which i actually yeah, it... liked i like playing that way but um <laughs> Yeah, I just I had no clue. It's banking on you having recently played Metal Gear Solid Three and knowing you can use the cigar to burn the leeches off there. <laughs> does does the uh, does the meter if you don't pull out a torch, are you just kind of fucked? Like, do do the leeches ever wear off on their own? Yeah, they wear off eventually. It's just okay. uh, usually it'll hit you would bleed twice, and then okay. it wears off after that. So you usually have to use a couple estuses if you get hit by them once. But if you dodge all their attacks, it doesn't get on you <laughs> that's true yeah. Yeah. just gotta it's get a, good it's not a leech aura around them um so you fight two of those guys um you can uh head over and you can find a the saint tree bellvine which i believe is an item from dark souls 2 uh here near a tree stump yeah also worth mentioning it's one of the items you can trade to uh pickle p hmm. what do you get for it wait is it is that his name is uh, P- pickle no. p pickle pump pump a rum yeah yeah pump. Yes, <laughs> one of them uh, there. Yeah, it's it's either from Dark Souls 1 or Dark Souls 2. Um, this is one of the uh, one of the white birch items that you can get uh, to trigger the death of your giant friend, uh, yeah. the sniper. Yeah. I think this is from Dark Souls 2, if I'm not mistaken. The same thing. Yeah, Bell. it's not the first one. Um, it's not in Dark Souls 1. Yeah. Um, the, uh, yeah, but yeah, this is, this is uh, an important item for that uh, quote-unquote quest line. <laughs> with that guy um who is tree related uh <laughs> apparently i actually didn't know this i didn't know that this uh tr- was one of the things that triggered his death 
Yeah, yeah. They're just uh, there's something about white birch that uh, that is is uh, is his weakness. It doesn't make any sense, but it's there. Weeps for oh. treats. <laughs> um, the, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, um, you can see some of these statues over here. They're kind of like hunched over, but they're not uh, very clearly visible um, as, uh, just as of yet. Like what I like about this area is that as you go through, the statuary gets more uh, kind of like big and kind of like defined as it goes mm -hmm. on. Um, yeah. It reveals a little bit more about the character of this uh, this establishment. Yeah. Um, there's a little uh, undercroft area where you can get the poison bite ring uh, mm -hmm. here. And on your way, there's another uh, giant crystal lizard Yeah. Um, sleeping. And just waiting for you to destroy him and several other crystal <laughs> lizards around here. So this is a great place on my playthrough. I'm doing uh, to play along with the show. I'm doing a luck build. So uh, 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 twinkling Titanite is valuable. So this allowed me to increase my uh, Henri's straight sword, mm. which is great. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, but if you go up, uh, you head up to the graveyard and this, I love this set piece. <laughs> it's so good. Um, this is really, really cool. Um, these are like the, uh, this is a graveyard and is full of reanimated corpses. It reminds me of like the end of a Resident Evil game when you get to like the zombies that have been dead for a long time. Yeah. So all their clothing is rotted off. It's like the uh, it's like the graveyard from Code Veronica where it's yeah. the, like just the unlimited spawning uh, guys that crawl out the ground. Yeah. And they're, they're super easy. They just kind of keep coming. And they're not <laughs> super aggressive and they're kind of milky looking and disgusting. And the yeah. whole area is really unnerving. I finally just got to the point. At first, I was killing them all. And I was like, oh, I guess these are just going to keep respawning, huh? So I just didn't kill a single one after that. I was just like, all right, I'll run through all of them. None of them yeah. matter. It's really just a trap for the first time. Like, if you're if you're just uh, going through and trying to look around every corner, like, the more time you spend here, the more of them there end up being. And mm -hmm. uh, the likelier you are to maybe not get, like, overwhelmed, but, like, get trapped in a place and then just... Uh, breathe heavily and knock them over with uh, with the force of your lung wind. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. One thing lung that you guys have noted here is you can get the Executioner Greatsword, which is also interesting because if I'm not mistaken, I think uh, Horus the Hushed has the Executioner set. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's actually a pretty good lore thing to think about. Yeah, that uh, could, could be his because he has a connection to uh, to the church, the Cathedral of the Deep and Eldrick. Mm. Yeah. So. And the uh, other thing, too, and this is just me postulating again, but uh, I, I mean, I think it's a pretty decent connection. You have the road of sacrifices where all these corpses are being brought to and Aldrich eats people. And here's a giant graveyard. So, I mean, <laughs> Aldrich probably ate the flesh off of them. That's what you're led to assume. But he also encouraged his followers to eat people and all that. So I don't know, it seems pretty possible that this could be a graveyard for everything that they were eating. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, the, the parts that they couldn't eat or, or they're just using it as this kind of re renewable larder. Yeah. Or uh, that, or. but I mean, the other thing that we find here is we find these corpses that have the, uh, the, those leech things like breaking out of them almost mm. like alien style. Yeah. They're, uh, they're leech quados. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I wonder too, if like we have all this stuff coming from the cathedral of the deep from this horrific shit that Aldia was doing. Um, it could be that, you know, if they were eating these, it would have infected these thick creatures or these undead. And maybe that's why that's how these leech things are being born out of them. Yeah. yeah th these could literally be passed. <laughs> like these, these could be people that were eaten and then passed. Yeah. Uh, which is gross, but like, it's totally possible. Like that's how they got these stomach worms. You yeah. Know? Let me, uh, let me see here. So one of the, one of the spells that you can get from the, uh, the deep braille tome is called gnaw. 
um, that yeah. summons the uh, the insect swarms. The description for that is these insects, which lurk in the deep, have tiny jaws lined with fangs to tear open the skin and burrow into the flesh um, in the blink of an eye, causing intense bleeding. I mean, leeches aren't insects, as far as I know. I could be wrong about that. I think they're, like, they're more like worms or whatever. But like, could it be that it's this and like the corruption of the deep? Like these things are actually from that. And just because this whole area is like saturated with its influence, like that's where it's coming from. And they're using these bodies as like vessels. And so the ones that are kind of like quados are halfway to becoming the uh, um, kind of like mangroves or whatever. Not mangroves. That's a different thing. The uh, the big ones that we saw down at the creek. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I think that these ones are definitely partway towards becoming the big ones we saw down at the creek. Mm -hmm. I love how folksy that sounds. <laughs> uh, <laughs> big ones down at the creek. I think the only thing with that is where you actually do find well, I'm trying to think of how to do this without spoiling things, but like <laughs> later in the game, you find more of these maggoty creature things mm -hmm. in like mm -hmm. the walls and like rotting through building, essentially. You can find them all over, it's like inside the building linings and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. I'm not, I don't know. I mean, maybe, but it, it just seems like to be a byproduct of Aldrich to me. Yeah. I, I think it is part of his. I, I like the idea of it being a side effect of him, him feeding. Um, I mean, it does seem to be, that... as it says, which lurk in the deep, so that's where they would come from. So I guess those um, hollows are infested by the deep or infected by the deep. Yeah, yeah. that's that, that that's where I'm kind of drawing the connection from. Yeah. Sure. I think I think yeah. the bees that you shoot out with gnaw are are different deep things. Hmm, Mostly because like you're shooting out bees, you know, or, or <laughs> shooting out fly like swarms of flies. Like it's very clearly visually a swarm of flies mm -hmm. um, that that you send out. The um. So there's an ambush here when you get that executioner great sword, which is a really great moment. Uh, when you look around <laughs> and like a thousand corpses have risen, um, super great. Uh, you head over to the cathedral, and uh, this is this is a really uh, I think this is tough. You fight your first cathedral grave warden, um, and I think this guy's pretty pretty tricky. Yeah. Um, I've died to him a couple times. Yeah, anywhere these guys pop up, um, they're immediately my focus. They're the the priority target because of yeah. how uh, just how aggressive they are. They're these yeah. whirling dervishes with uh, with the two swords. Yeah, um, there's another white birch here. So if you made friends with the giant, if he help anytime, um, <laughs> you can head over to the birch and he will take care of this guy for you. Yeah, as well as anything. Uh, <laughs> like personally, I actually like uh, fighting those grave wardens a lot. Hmm. They're fun like to me to parry. And try to like uh, pull off parries on them. So I like those guys. Yeah, I like fighting them. They're just the first time I fought them, I was taken by surprise by quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and then there's later there's a place where you have to fight two of them. And uh, yeah, I I've, mean they are quick, like you said. Yeah, I've gotten stunlocked a few too many times by the two of them working <laughs> in concert. Yeah. Um, to uh, but yeah, they're 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 good fights. They're just a tough. They're like a tough enemy. Uh, it's kind of a difficulty spike here. Yeah. I think it's pretty funny that uh, that our giant friend can hurl these spears from uh, two zones away. Yeah, he, he help anytime. <laughs> the um, you can find uh, the curse ward shield here, which looks a lot like the pursuer's great shield, mm -hmm. which is which is pretty interesting. And they they have some kind of similarities in in how they're described and like their item descriptions. Yeah, I don't know that it adds to any or like adds up to anything, but um, yeah. they're similar. Yeah. And there's a there's a ladder here that lets you kick yep. the uh you know get back down to the undercrop so you can skip the grave uh, the graveyard if you want to yeah the first uh, of many shortcuts yeah <laughs> again this is a this is a very well designed area also uh, the series is huge it's so big I I kind of wonder if this is the biggest um uh, explorable building we've seen 
Like I so, think so. Uh, yeah, like I the, think it the, might the, be the Grand Cathedral in in uh, in Orlando and Dark Souls One is pretty big, right? I don't know if the actual area that you can explore is is bigger than this. I would this imagine feels bigger it's to not. me. Yeah, yeah, I think this is bigger. Yeah, this is huge. This was I considered when I was first planning out the season. I was like, oh man, this has to be split into two episodes, but <laughs> it wouldn't make sense. It's just going to be kind of a long episode because there's a lot of shit to talk about. Um, so after you get through this graveyard, you get to the exterior of the cathedral. Um, it's kind of main gate, uh, with these, uh, these statues of men who are kind of hunched over with these birds on their backs. Um, yeah, to me, it seems like they're starting to become Corvians. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of, it looks similar. I don't know how that fits into anything, but it is. Neither I, I'm do not I. Saying that, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't saying that to take you down a peg. It wasn't like, that wasn't a challenge. I just like, it does kind of look like that. What that I'm means, saying as a challenge. No, I, I agree. I, I don't know <laughs> what the lore implication behind that would be. I just find it interesting that they do start to look like almost Corvian esque. Yeah, and like, oh, okay, so birds. Okay, so let's let, let's try and take that symbolism and see if it comes from anywhere else. Okay, so Velka probably not. Um, you know, this is a cathedral of the deep, right? Like that doesn't make any sense to have like a bird associated with that. Like this doesn't look it look like a water bird or anything like that. Like it can only be Corvians, and that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, there's there's no connection between the painted world and the abyss. Right. Um, those aren't aren't really connected things. So. I don't uh, I don't know why they would be Corvians, but that's what it looks like. Yeah. Well, um, I guess uh, I guess the only connection you could possibly draw, possibly, is that the Corvians are associated not just with the painted world, but with teaching, um, with specifically with teaching. What was what's the word for, I'm looking for? It's in the item description about them. That yeah, the the miracle, the songs or the miracles or uh, whatever the stories, the yeah, world, the stories, yeah, right. But the stories were. Um, like a cult or there's a word for it that's like <laughs> you're not supposed to teach them because they're bad to teach uh, people. like apocryphal or something like that um, yes yeah, let me something see like here that. heretic storytellers uh retro things that's yeah the word yeah there we are so yeah it was yeah so i mean and also with um you know with with the painted world we find a lot of connections between velka which also seems to have a and a lot of things that are really imbued with the dark mm-hmm so I, I guess yeah. the dark, that's the only thing I can really get. There's a lot of steps to get to the dark <laughs> possible like, connection. This is a place where the dark, which was something that could hurt the gods, was kind of like corralled and thrown off to. What right. if everybody who was there, you know, led by this goddess, eventually got strong enough to break back into the real world and their teachings became heresy that ultimately led to, you know, the overthrowing of this way of like cathedral into a... Uh, into something that worships this new force, the deep that somehow has something to do with the dark. That is so many like implausible steps, but like, I know, if I know, you say it, so many. And, yeah. <laughs> you... The weird thing is that we don't find any bird things. At that's what all. I was just about to say. There's, there's not one Corvian here. Like there's right. no way that's what is actually the story. I mean, our, like... <laughs> exactly. Like, I mean, our, our assumption about the, about the Corvians and the road of sacrifices was like, they were like raiders coming down and like taking, you know, <laughs> trying to take some of the bodies, you know? Sure. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, who, uh, yeah. Who even knows though? I don't. We don't. I mean, we don't, I don't think we have enough stuff for the Corvians. Like, no. A lot of those connections, um, and this is just a. I mean, we talked about this a lot in the appendix, but like a lot of Dark Souls three things to me to make fit like that require more steps than I'm comfortable with. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Or just like maybe the DLC will explain. Yeah. The most yeah, exactly. interesting Corvian thing we find to me by far is something we haven't found yet. <laughs> yeah. In the game, like by far, like I find it incredibly interesting, which I'll talk to you guys about after this recording because it's super yeah. spoilery. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, yeah. Uh, something that I love, uh, you find the red bug pellet here, which uh, ends up being a little bit useful because even though this is a place of miracles, everybody uses pyromancies. Um, but this uh, boosts your fire damage absorption. Uh, but this is used by the uh, the evangelists um, from the Cathedral of the Deep who uh, who hand them out to followers to ease their suffering as they burn. So this is like a palliative for ritual uh, ritual immolation. I could have yeah. we covered covered that in the last episode. No, no, I talked about it with uh, uh, with uh, what is it, the blue bug pellets? That uh, my favorite thing about it was the uh, um, the infestation of moon bugs in Irithyll. No, I, I meant uh, when we were talking about the uh, maybe it wasn't last episode; it was during the uh, the village. No, we maybe. talked about them being burned alive. I'm pretty sure we covered that. Okay, but <laughs> not not to not to blow up your your steeds or anything, but I think we already made that point. Okay, well, yeah. it's here. Up. You find you find them here too. It reminds you yeah. of it anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, regardless, though, it is like we're finding that again that we find those red bag pellets. We find that um, the evangelists, like, oh, this is why they're burning the bodies there and and mm. way back in the undead settlement. Mm. And then we also find here uh, another evangelist along the perimeter, <laughs> literally with three followers, like, bowing down in front of her as she's, like, telling them stories and, like, yeah, evangelizing in front of them. <laughs> and, and those guys will, or at least some of them, will, will self-immolate um, if you aggro them. And they're not uh, targetable from a distance. Like, they're not oh, aggressive. They're not. So you can't actually oh, target them. Yeah. yeah. Which uh, can make this encounter, you know, tricky. Because uh, you don't want to fight all of them at once, especially if they're going to explode while you're fighting the uh, the evangelist there. <laughs> and they're just guarding a Lloyd's talisman, which, like, come on. Um, <laughs> or the, the the Huntsman's thing. I, the I, Huntsman's I read it down as yeah. a long thing, yeah. And I'll, you're like, oh, big get for all that. <laughs> Man, the, the, every single time I find a rusted coin in this game, I am so bummed out. Because <laughs> it is such a, like, common drop. And, and they're placed sometimes behind kind of tough encounters, um, especially in one later area, which we'll talk about in a, in a couple months. But uh, we're we're just like boy, all that for a rusted fucking coin. Um, <laughs> um uh, wait, if you uh, if you use that, doesn't that boost your uh, your sword damage? It's item fine. Oh, it's a different stat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, um. But yeah, so like these enemies, and as you're kind of like going around here, the enemies are going to use the uh, the huntsman's charm or whatever they are. Which I'm just going to call them a Lloyd's talisman because that's all I can think of them as. Um. But yeah, like this is uh like the entire exterior here as you're kind of running up and down these uh, flying buttresses and fighting some of these kind of set pieces. Um. You know, occasionally you're going to be buffeted by these guys who are going to stop you from healing. I think this is really hard. And a it's million a thralls. <laughs> yeah, oh, boy, yeah. thralls are, and and I've talked about how much I like them as an enemy because they scale so well. Like they're always a threat, and they are just like ambush crazy. Like yeah, there's so you more ambushes per out. capita here. Like <laughs> yeah, well, they're just like dropping from the beams up uh, up above you. At least on the PS4, like the shadow, like, they kind of break the shadows, so you will see some uh, shadows of thralls that could not really be above you because there's nothing from uh, there's nothing up above you. Um, mm. So it can kind of uh, um, throw you off a little bit. They come from below as well, though. I yeah. think they cr they come up from the sides. They hang from the sides as well. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. do so both. They, they hang from the sides. There's like little statues they jump down from. They come down from rafters. Yeah. Everywhere. Yeah. Regardless, there are shadows where there ought not be shadows. Yes, as oh, above. I, actually, so I never knew that, and I was playing on PS4. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had that experience too, Cole. Like I, I've seen them uh, where I'd be like, "Oh, that's not supposed to be there." Yeah. Wait a minute. <laughs> um, but th but then it, it at some point it kind of becomes a boy who cried wolf thing. So it's mm -hmm. like at that point I expect an ambush, but then you realize that you should just expect an ambush like every ten steps or so <laughs> in, the, in this out out exterior area because it's going to constantly happen. Yeah, and then the final step of that is, oh, they can't ambush me if I'm always moving. Yes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. 
um, yeah. So, so you kind of uh, continue along fighting more of these kind of church warriors and uh, fighting more of these uh, these thralls until you eventually get to the cathedral interior here. Yeah, you open um, up. This is another kind of big, impressive uh, door reveal as you open this massive door at the back um, on the upper mm-hmm. level um, and see this uh, ridiculously ornate um, chandelier as mm-hmm. you kind of step through. So this is this is an opulent, opulent place. Yeah, and a giant. A giant. Yep. Uh, kneeling and and then just to make it clear, it is not a Dark Souls two giant, nope. or an Orlando giant, nope, or anything. It is a new giant. It is uh, uh okay. So this is giant sub four. They look like the slave giants a little bit, like the Sense Fortress giants, but uh, yeah, like like that is the closest resemblance that we get on them, except ten times as big. Right. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I also like that they have gashes on their legs. Yeah. Which is, as it, when you actually do finally go and fight them, you're like, oh. This is seems to be where people were like hitting them to take them down. Yeah, or yeah. Uh, like the uh, the cathedral workers were lashing them maybe with whips or something to like uh, get them get to, them to walk. do things. Yeah, yeah. get them to walk yeah. where they wanted to but, go. Yeah, yeah, specifically all the torn off skin is on their tabs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a really it's a really great detail, especially since that's where you're going to be fighting them. Um, yeah, you can take this one if you want to and cheese him with arrows forever. Uh, just <laughs> pointing out that you can do it if you die to him a bunch of times running by him and uh, get sick of it um just saying yeah, but uh not that i would i would do anything that boring and and uh tedious yeah who would game, ever you can who would, ever, who would ever do that because if, they yeah if we, if we if we didn't mention it we would actually get somebody saying you can you can do this like it That's is totally a way to, it is a way to solve the problem absolutely yeah and I, and I did that with not this giant but the next and there's two giants in this area the third giant giant you run into i did do that too uh because uh that area is more confusingly laid out and i wanted to explore it yeah with ease so uh, and boy, that takes forever. <laughs> I would love to do a size comparison because this is a massive enemy. Like, I wonder if this is actually bigger than, um, oh gosh, Ceaseless Discharge, hmm. who previously, I mean, he was the biggest boss in uh, uh, Dark Souls 1. Yeah. I, he's I, even, yeah. I don't think he's quite as big as Ceaseless. Hmm. He's he's at least uh, like similar in the same like class. Yeah. Size class. Um, yeah. I think, yeah. The um, So there's kind of two little ways you can go once you get in here. You can go down some stairs. Uh, down down a kind of a hallway or you can go kind of around the giant um here yeah if you uh go off to the left you're introduced uh this is a place that is full of even more ambushes so it's not just the thralls outside uh oozes are back this is like one oh, yeah. like mucus of man or man mucus or something which uh heavily implies that these are uh jellified people even hmm. more so than the uses were before yeah, I think there might be bones or something in these ones. There have always been bones in the Dark Souls uh, um, slimes, like even in Dark oh, Souls 1. But like in Dark Souls 1, it kind of seemed likely that these were like D&D slimes that had accumulated a bunch of bones inside them as they rolled yeah. around. To me, like because of the venue, it seems likely that like those are actually like the remains of whatever became the slime. I have nothing to base that on besides like just looking at the Well, there's the also the fact that like the maggots, they are weak to fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so the, both of them are, are yeah. That makes sense. Everything that kind of has that of man, <laughs> pus of man, goo of man, whatever these things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anything of man. <laughs> uh, you also have these uh, these uh, throughout the place, these uh, statues of the pilgrims that are vomiting poison, mm. um, which to me, like if we're looking at like what that's teaching, like maybe like, oh, these people from Londor coming spreading lies like oh, they're yeah. spitting poison like that. Like I can only see that as like a like an anti statue almost. Yeah, that's funny. That's a smart connection. Yeah, like a warning. Yeah. Um, Because it definitely does fall in line with everything else we read about the people from Londor. Yeah. 
Yeah, even though if Londor serves, if this is a cathedral that is dedicated to the abyss, that's what Londor is also dedicated to. Maybe. So it be kind of becomes a little bit confusing with either if this is either like if this is connected to the abyss, or maybe those statues were built before when it was the way of white. The, the, um, the cathedral of the deep is like the Lutherans. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they, they they pinned their ninety nine theses to the void door. Yeah, I, I don't uh, I. Because as far as I could tell, if if the Cathedral of the Deep is abyssal, that is in line with Londor as well, because of other connections that will come when we t get to it later without getting too spoilery. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so it's it's hard for me to think of those two areas in direct opposition, right? Um, unless again, like it was from the Way of White, yeah, um, which would which would make sense. Um, you head down. There's this like very beautiful dining table, um, <laughs> and there are deacons here. Um, there's another enemy we're going to see a lot of for the next couple of areas uh, who use pyromancy if you uh, keep distance from them. But they're not too hard just to cut down. No, no. And there's another uh, another shortcut. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, this, we... yeah, it goes back down to the, to the cleansing chapel and this obviates the uh, the need to uh, uh, run that uh, chapel exterior. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When I got this shortcut, I was super relieved. I think at this point I was completely out of Estes <laughs> on my yeah. first run through. Because of like yeah. you said, those uh, grave wardens are. I mean, I like finding them, but they're they're difficult, especially when you're first playing the game. So, I was just like a giant sigh of relief. Of whew. also, it's it's <laughs> uh, it kind of falls in line with uh, what I've noticed is sort of a Dark Souls trope at this point, where a lot of times if you see an elevator, you're like, yeah, that's uh, that's probably going back to a bonfire. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, this is a big difficulty spike. Like I was out of Estus there as well. And between, I know it's probably all the thralls, I guess. That's probably a lot of it. Mm -hmm. Thralls are going to get you. You're going to get ambushed a lot. Um, we're going to start running into uh, the giant uh, kind of night enemies that we have in this area, which are here around our house we call Smashulons. <laughs> and we, we start running into Smashulons and Slashulons, and all of those are tough fights. Um, you know, so it is it is a real SS drain, but the, the shortcuts are spaced out really well, I think, yeah. in this area. Like, it's it's this is a really, really impressively designed area, I think. Um, as far as just kind of the geometry and, and how often it doubles back on itself. Um, so there's uh, if you head down these stairs, you find an evangelist guarding a deep gem, which allows you to uh, infuse your weapon with deep, which gives it flat, uh, dark scaling. Right. Um, the description on that is pretty cool. There's a darkness that lies beyond human ken, which might mm -hmm. also be talking about the abyss. I don't know. Maybe we, maybe now the abyss is in our uh, human ken. It's just a part of it. Like, you know, yeah. something's been normalized. Yeah, again, um, though, just the fact that you're getting dark, though, that is a sort of possible abyss connection. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I kind of, Sometimes I like, and like we were talking about earlier, I don't know if dark and the abyss are really the same thing. I, I don't either. Yeah. Um, and, and this, this the, all that kind of confusion behind this, this terminology really plays into when we, and this will be a long way off for the show, but when we start talking about the endings, um, it really muddies up the waters for me. Uh, so. Yeah, I know. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, it is just, uh, it, you know, but I, I don't want to get into it now because it's be very inappropriate. We're still pretty early in this game. Yeah. Um, let's talk about this giant, though. Yeah, it's uh, the only way forward. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's past this guy, and this is really tough. Um, you know, he, he attacks fairly slowly, but it's one of those things where you have to run forward while keeping your camera on him to dodge him. Yeah. Um, and there, there's a couple real fuck yous in here where there's like a there's a guy in the middle. There's like a church warrior who will kind of try to, you know, tag you on your way through. And then as you're rounding the bend, uh, passing this guy, there is a guy up on a ledge with a crossbow yep. that is also trying to just kind of stagger you. Like it's literally just there <laughs> to make you stop in your tracks. So you get smashed by the giant. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, my most recent let's play, or not most recent, but my let's play where I was, I guess it's my most recent run through of it, was for my let's play. I totally forgot about the crossbow guy, <laughs> and I thought, like, I'd gone through clean. I was, like, getting all the items, like, cool, got all the items, it's all good. Got tagged by the crossbow guy, that stunned me, and then I got smashed by the giant immediately because of the stun. <laughs> and I think I had, like, a... You couldn't even see my health left. I don't know yeah. how I survived <laughs> it. I love, I love having one hit point left. Also, the uh, the, the target that you have to get to, like the like the doorway, is kind of in a, is in a recess a little bit. Oh yeah, um, and he can totally hit you um, as you uh, if you're trying to fumble around the uh, the opening there. Um, yeah, and there's also an item here too. Like you know, so are, am I going to stop and try and get it? And he does a fair amount of damage. And like any of these kind of like big enemies. Um, the hit boxes or the hurt boxes, I suppose, whichever one is applicable as he does his swings are not that great mm -hmm. <laughs> um, for what I could tell. There are a lot of times where I very clearly should have been uh, in the clear where it's just kind of like, oh, well, you, you took damage. It never like killed me um, and, or maybe had to re redo a bunch of stuff. But like it was it was a little frustrating to, to, to have that added on top of all the other all the other stuff. Yeah. The, the thing you get here is the uh, the Lloyd sword ring. Um, which uh, tells you a little bit about All Father Lloyd, who is Gwyn's uncle, who founded the Way of White. Um, but if we find out that uh, clerics from Kareem uh, called him a fraud. Yeah, um, yeah so I found that really interesting. Like that yeah. new bit of knowledge. We're, we find out a lot about Kareem in this game. Yeah, it's no longer just the land of assholes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now it's the land of assholes who protect nice people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, it's just it's interesting because we find out a lot and then we don't at the same time. You know, yeah. I was yeah. really hoping we get more on Velka too, and we just don't. Yeah. So. yeah, there's just that statue with a loincloth next to it, and it's kind of like a fuck you. <laughs> like you want some Velka information? Here's a statue in dirty underwear. I was so um, excited. I think I called my roommate over. I was like, "Look what I found! It's Velka." <laughs> hey guys, just a real quick note. Um, we're going to talk about Irina's quest line here. Um, this is the major articulation point when we introduce. Uh, the kind of gimmick to her quest so we we kind of lay it all out here um it's possible that you haven't gotten to it yet and you don't want to have it spoiled if so skip to 10554 uh that's 10554 and uh yeah um yeah i'm just filling time to make that timestamp work and three two one go the um so if you you head down to a, a couple little areas that are near here these just little hallway uh Thing, uh, you know dead ends um there's an ooze that is guarding the seek guidance uh miracle and a mimic that has the deep braille divine tome <laughs> um which is the uh, first corrupted tome we find which means you can uh we're going to talk about Irina's quest at this oh, point there we go so yeah i was actually right when i was saying that it was a tome that you get yeah. Yeah. so good on me <laughs> pat my back yeah this uh this mimic is in a real place of worship too um i don't know mm -hmm. i would worship the thing about mimic. this mimic though is that uh this we've been collecting all these undead charms lloyd talismans mm -hmm. oh, yeah. undead hunter charms i think that's the name it goes by in this game um so, which are the ones that you use to be able to just stun the mimic and take out the item if you yeah, want it's mimic ambient right yeah. so yeah we get the mimic ambient on the way so i don't know how many people who haven't played the previous games would actually realize that <laughs> but just if you actually do know it's kind of nice of like oh okay this time i actually and well equipped for this fight. <laughs> yeah, I, th I think we uh, on the first mimic in uh, the high wall. We talked about the cute little yawning animation, but it still gets me every time. It's it's real wonderful. I don't know if I if we talked about it on the show, but and or if you've seen it, Dave. There's a video 
also um, like a fun kind of a concept PvP video of like the Brotherhood of the Mimic. Um, that <laughs> no, is, I don't think man- I have. That's mandatory viewing. I, I will send it to you uh, after we get done recording. Um, I don't want to spoil it, but I'll also put it in the show notes. And uh, it is really, really funny. So <laughs> worth watching. Yeah. Um, so Irina. Um, Irina's quest, uh, it can go two ways. Um, if you uh, give her, don't give her any. If you give her, you can give her whatever you want. Yeah. You can give her whatever tomes you want. If you learn a dark miracle from her, it sets her off on like the negative path. Right. Um, she'll start going over to the dark and start going progressively more crazy. Yeah. Um, and Igon will confront you about this. Yeah, saying, hey, I charged you with helping protect her. And now, oh, gosh, you're, in, you're inconveniencing me. I need to do this. I need to do it right. <laughs> yeah. And he takes her over to Gunder's area yeah. for some reason. I'm not sure what the, why <laughs> uh, he takes her, takes her there. Um, if you kill him, you can bring Irina back. Uh, but she gets really sad. And uh, talks about the dark things nibbling on her yeah. again. It's it's really similar to the uh, what she was saying when you first found her um, in the yes. cell. Yeah. Um, and uh, she'll only, she says, ask for you to touch her, but she only reacts if you have Morn's gauntlets on. Right. Um, which is a really great touch uh, in <laughs> yeah. this quest. And then she's like, she recognizes you and thinks you're uh, Morn, or not yeah. Morn, uh, thinks you're Aegon. Yeah. Aegon. Yeah. yeah. And says, uh, kill me, um, which is which is tragic. And like, is this is the dark kind of conclusion of her quest is one of the quest lines like I think actually works yeah. in Dark Souls three. Um, I, I like this because the the voice acting kind of sells it. Um, yeah. It is uh, it is sad. We've had it is quoting something like a lot of the NPCs in Dark Souls three are remixes of Dark Souls one things, and this is quoting Laurentius right. Like it's the same kind of thing that happens. You teach him a dark version of a of a spell, and he goes crazy. Yeah. You know we we've seen this before, but it's a kind of a, like a cool articulation of it. Yeah. Um, the, the positive outcome to her quest is bullshit. <laughs> uh, like I, I hate this. Um, so if you don't give her any negative things, if you just buy all her miracles, uh, she becomes a firekeeper and nothing else, like nothing happens. She doesn't she level she gets, you up, yo. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> if, got a if spare. you want to go 10 feet. Yeah. You want to go 10 feet out of your way to get level up. Hey, do you want to wait for the um, outside of uh, firelink to load? Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, what um, happens if you kill? I imagine uh, this is what I'd imagine, but. What happens if you kill her? Because I haven't tried after she becomes a firekeeper. I'm guessing she stays dead, but I'm just seeing if you guys know. I don't know. But I, I don't know either. She has nothing left to, left to sell you, so she's not going to give you ashes. Um, I didn't, I didn't kill her because I kept waiting for her to do something. Mm-hmm. I thought like, oh, what if I level up through her for like five levels or something? Maybe that will like she'll fulfill her duty as a firekeeper yeah. or something will happen. <laughs> she doesn't even get new dialogue. No, like if you talk uh, to her, she she's just like. She's like, thanks, bud. It's, like at first, when you first talk to her, she says thank you, and that's it. yeah. Well, you've you've helped her fulfill her life's purpose. Like she is a failed, she she she's a failed firekeeper. You know, when when you first meet her, like oh, I wanted to be this, but I couldn't. But like through this quest, like you give her her dream job, and there's nothing. What this reminds me of, actually, like this is uh, a lack of payoff that almost rivals uh, Chloan and uh, the the blacksmith from Majula mm. a little bit. It's like yeah. give me something, like give me give me a little bit of emotional catharsis, like maybe not something that like is as resonant as her thanking you for killing her, thinking that you're her, you know, her, her reward, um, mm-hmm. but like. Ah, something i don't know even even the her thanking you for killing her like there's so many mercy killings in npc quest lines in dark souls 3 mm-hmm. that like it i've got a callus for it like that that as a, as a concept of like oh you know i promised to kill this person if they got bad 
mm-hmm. uh, is is almost like a trope in Dark Souls 3. Like, it just keeps happening over and over and over. Yeah. So, like, that sells it with the voice acting and stuff, but at least give me that. <laughs> like, I I was really disappointed with the positive outcome to her quest. So much so that, like, I feel like it's not the intended one. Mm. Like, you're supposed to do the negative one because it's such a better story, you know? Um, or make it mechanically meaningful. Yeah. You know, make, make a level ups cost slightly less <laughs> or something because... You know, I don't, I don't know. Make it meaningful in some sense. Irina's discount uh, level ups. Yeah. yeah well, <laughs> I mean, that would, that, it seems silly to me and it's a, it's Irina's really mechanical. discount level up Emporium. <laughs> we got be, levels. We got, we got strength. We got agility. If you, 30% <laughs> off. We're slashing vitality, yeah. prices left and right. Vitality 50% off. <laughs> if you put points into vigor, refunds are available. Yeah. <laughs> it is our vitality poise special. Um, the uh or yeah vigor rather um yeah i just uh, i really wanted something uh for doing this uh the right way and nothing happens and it made me mad <laughs> um so that that's irena who is like half a, a good quest yeah. um which you, you can mostly do now yeah but I, I like i like how that works though too because you know she is kind of uh you're asking her to teach you the stuff that is in these books and by um speaking these stories out loud she internalizes them and falls back to the dark the thing yeah. that's the kind of weird about this, though, is because, like, from Dark Souls 1, the Firekeepers, we find out, like, they've got these, you know, humanity sprites crawling under their skin. Those wounds, they will not heal. Um, mm-hmm. And, um, uh, you know, the good fate from Dark Souls 1, if that is to be believed, would just be the same as what she feels. Like, I'm lost in the dark and these things are crawling over me. Like, did the nature yeah. of being a Firekeeper change? Since then, as the as the souls got weaker, is this like a different version of it? Like it's it's hard to keep again the to reconcile. Yeah, but just like the, the these nouns can refer to any number of different things. It feels like that's a really good point, Cole. Like I didn't I didn't put that together, but like the idea of her feeling those little like the darkness, uh, those little bits. That's something we associate with like successful firekeeping. <laughs> Please don't say little bits. It just makes me think of Rick and Morty. <laughs> oh. Yeah. The um but yeah, that, that's something we we associate with like just fire keeping in general. Mm-hmm. So it is it, I feel like it is a confused quest line yeah. um with her. But yeah, we you know, we can do it now. So <laughs> yeah. so there's that. Um we fight our first Smashulon here. Um I like the way these guys fight a lot, uh the, these knights, because they have uh like a unique ability in their their maces where they can set mines or set timed explosives. Mm-hmm. Like they, they smash a little area. There's a little glowing thing that'll blow up in a couple beats. And uh, I find them very tactically interesting to fight. Yeah. yeah. And they're just rare enough too that it's not really that big of a, or you can never really get like used to them on a single playthrough. It feels like yeah. I haven't fought enough of them to, uh, to have the novelty wear off. Um, past him is a little doorway where we get to fight uh, what I like to call the Lothric What's It? Um, <laughs> this, this, this goofy thing. Um, <laughs> Which I think is somebody who Aldrich also fed enough people to. Yeah. To oh, turn yeah. Because I mean, yeah. we only get two, like Aldrich Sapphire and the other Aldrich. Yeah. Aldrich Ruby. Yeah, Aldrich, Aldrich's Ruby. Um, and each one is specifically dropped by one of these guys. What was Eventually, about they're going to put out Aldrich's Diamond, and that's the one where you can play as Pikachu from the beginning. <laughs> yeah. So. Yes, yeah. I got it. Yeah. I got it. I collect them all. Um, if- but uh, I found it interesting to me, at least. Uh, is that I don't know to me I felt like this was a creature where they straight up were like we learned how to make something like this because of Bloodborne oh for sure here's a Bloodborne enemy yeah I mean it's it's vaguely insectoid but like it moves um, on all fours like uh, you know like a beast from that 
Mm-hmm. My yeah, my... <laughs> I just felt like I was fighting an enemy from Bloodborne. Yeah, my uh, and also you're fighting him in this like super tiny room relative to his size. Um, well, he can't get through the door. Right. That's the uh, the cheap strap. But like he breathes curse, so fuck him. <laughs> like I'm, I'm gonna be cheap because I don't want to get cursed. Yeah, because curse is death um, in this game again. Um, yeah. My favorite detail of you, uh, if you pay close attention, he's wearing a necklace of human skulls. Mm. Yeah, I didn't notice that. Mm. yeah i think like it's definitely like implied that he became this because he was like aldrich was like yo bro <laughs> you got to eat some of these people with me they're damn tasty i don't get the same buzz <laughs> from you from this, this that is... you do oh have this ring it does the same thing it's kind of like uh it's a little bit like a pontiff sullivan like the left and i right rings mm-hmm. yeah. yeah 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 it is in a way yeah yeah um yeah so then we after uh through this uh past this cathedral floor we get another shortcut back to the cleansing chapel um which is uh, also well well timed out um <laughs> and we yeah. get kirk what yeah we do get, yeah we get kirk uh kirk shows up here on the cathedral floor oh shit okay. um yeah um which is again is is just here because of dark souls one um he's a yeah. finger now mm-hmm. he serves rosaria who we're going to talk about here in a minute yeah. i mean the thing um, with that is i think it probably destroys a lot of people's theories from dark souls one kirk yeah where they were like, oh, he's just defending the fair lady. And it's like, oh, apparently he's just a character they like using because he looks cool <laughs> yeah. to defend. He's, I mean, if he's a finger, he's kind of serving a similar role, too, if he's out there trying to get tongues for her. but Yeah, yeah. he's it's it's quoting Dark Souls 1. Yeah. It's like the same yeah. dude doing doing a character that quotes another Dark Souls 1 character. Yeah. It's like a double quote. There. <laughs> um, yeah. um, yeah. yeah, so so the way you get, uh, get up there to the rafters... Um, you know, other than than Kirk, and if you fought Kirk down here, you want to fight him first uh, down yeah, there. And there's absolutely. not much to say about the fight, um, but you can get his armor if you do it if you do the fight first. Um, is you uh, you go back outside um, from this area and uh, head on up, and there's a deacon in this little area and a little um, ladder around the corner, yeah, like a pretty cleverly hidden little ladder <laughs> um, on your way up, yeah. and uh, you can get the deep ring here as well, yeah. Um, and that specific deacon you get it from actually doesn't aggro. Oh yeah, he doesn't. And yeah, so if you want to get a really good binocular shot of a deacon <laughs> for your lore video that you're working I, on, I can, I can hook you up. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, I I don't know if this was just like a weird thing. Maybe I pressed the A button um, or the X button rather um, in a in a strange place. But like after I killed him, I didn't have to loot anything. The deep ring was just kind of like boop, deposited in my pocket. Oh, no, you're right. Yeah, you don't actually loot it from him. Yeah. That's interesting. It's yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's just um, yeah, it is weird that they would choose to do that. Because the deep is just magic; it does that shit. <laughs> yeah, teleports trinkets into your yeah. pocket. I love the uh, They're like. Oh, how did that get there? <laughs> I love the story bit about this. How the deacons had to like they had to have this like grand story to, to like to hide the actual like nature of what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're like, no, what we we're doing is definitely cool. It's all good. <laughs> it's communion. <laughs> yeah, um, I feel like yeah. it's like. <laughs> nazis in a way they're like trying to tell us themselves that they're doing something positive when deep down they know what they're doing is horrible shit yeah mm-hmm. yeah the um so you get this little uh, outside area that's defended by um you know more thralls and stuff until you get inside to the rafters um which is a pretty tough area because there are tons of smashulons <laughs> and yeah and that was my first real encounter with those smashulons I'm going with your terminology. <laughs> That's a good so word. I, man. I definitely struggled with them because I I just didn't have the timing down yet yeah. my first time. Although they the ones who are on the rafters don't um they don't really have the best what, what is it they'll, they'll tarkus themselves. <laughs> yeah, they they pe- yeah they will straight up tarkus themselves. Yeah, they pathfind their way off. 
um, which pathfinding. Yeah. That's I think that's the term I was looking for. Yeah, they don't have the best pathfinding in the world. Yeah, um, which is actually I like that. I like that aspect. I was like, cool. I'm gonna aggro these guys. Give, give them a little chase, and then I'll turn around and be like, oh, where'd they go? Oh, there's my souls. What do you know? <laughs> You'd mm-hmm. think they would want to screen those guys for clumsiness before they put them on that assignment. <laughs> uh, they got arrows. Oh, it's like, ah, you got bows and arrows. I'm sure you're good. Yeah. Don't move. <laughs> Dear God. Poker. Yeah. No, those, uh, like, the, the bows and arrows here, um, just the the range cover, that ended up being more of a concern for me, actually. Um, mm-hmm. I just couldn't, couldn't gauge the knockback uh, that well. Um, at the far end, you have the blessed gem, but really what you're trying to do is, uh, is, uh, drop off onto like a ledge, um, on the far side that gets you to this kind of, uh, annex that is full of these man grubs. Yes. Um, and you, you see a couple of dead grubs, uh, here and the walls are like staked. These stakes we've seen on the outside are huge here. There are tons of them, like kind of sticking the wall, uh, like almost enforcing it, um, here and you just fight. Probably a dozen of these things. Like there's, yeah, there's it's tons crazy of crazy though that there's like mangroves just staked to the wall, just hanging there. And you're yeah. like, oh. Yeah. Also, interesting note about the mangroves is that they have human feet. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really interesting. I mean, they're they're explicitly we find out in a minute what they are. Um, once we get to this covenant, um, and that that covenant, this person we run into is Rosaria. Um, we go past uh this these grubs into this bedchamber, um, where there are like uh, uh cradles hanging from the ceiling. And uh, cradles and beds and Rosaria down at the end, who uh, just for the the record, internet loristers, she does not have a grub body. She's cradling a grub. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Look closer, look closer at her, people, because I I've read so many things where it's like, oh, she's related to Aldrich because they both have this kind of grub bodies like slug thing. No, <laughs> she's just a, she's a person. Yeah, it took me um, a while. Like I really had to look at it because when you first notice it, I I wasn't sure if she if it was coming out of her stomach or if it was something that she was just holding on to. Yeah, it's just she, that she's, she's just holding on to one. Yeah, you can see her feet. She also has feet. <laughs> and also, speaking yeah. of Aldrich, though, there is a connection where one of these mangroves is some people think it's the one that she's cradling. There is one that's outside of her room who doesn't aggro against you yeah. right outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some people think this could be Archdeacon Klimt, who is a follower of Aldrich, who ended up deciding that he wasn't going to follow Aldrich anymore. He... Yeah. He was like, nope, not anymore. But he was one of the three Archdeacons of Alderich, and it seems like he could be one of these two mangroves. Yeah, I always read him as being the uh, the nonviolent one who teaches you the gesture outside. Um, yeah. Just because, you know, he good. They they both could be true. He could be he could be Clemp. Yes, as Wait, well. He teaches you a gesture. I think he does. He gives you the red uh, the ah, red shit. There we go. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, oh, yeah I was like, he, I knew he gave you the red. But you have to stone. kill him. He doesn't give it to you. You have to you have to slay yeah. him. Yeah. Okay. There we go. I, I wasn't sure. I was like, oh, well, like maybe <laughs> I guess I missed that gesture. Yeah, I got I got my uh, I got my facts uh, mixed up. Um, but yeah, yeah. like that like that that's what I thought. I always, I always read it as being uh, Klimt. Yeah, um, which which makes sense. Um, and the reason why so let's let's talk about Rosaria. Um, so this is this is a, a covenant, um, Rosaria's fingers, and this is the PvP invasion covenant. It's the equivalent of the uh, Dark Wraiths. For this game, um, where you invade other people's worlds and you take their, you take tongues, you get a pale tongue. Um, the reason being is a Rosaria cannot speak; she does not have her tongue, and you kind of offer them to her. Her firstborn stole her tongue. Yes, and uh, you get them here. And she, uh, Rosaria, like lore-wise, I think what we know is that she's related to Guinevere. Right. Um, yeah. So we, if you, we really don't know how, and there's a lot of theories. And I, yeah. I, I don't know. Personally, I haven't touched her yet in my lore because I don't know. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. 
she's very, very obviously related to Guinevere yeah. because I mean, um, you can turn in her soul for one of Guinevere's um, uh, miracles. Yeah, you turn her soul, her soul for one of Guinevere's miracles. There's mangroves that you find later in the game that drop yep. miracles related to Guinevere. Uh, so definitely related to Guinevere in some way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. um, um, but how? I, if maybe she's one of Guinevere's daughters, and she had multiple daughters. Um, yeah. Maybe it's the... Some people think it might be a major uh, character who ran away. I don't know if I believe that, yeah. but like... There's a lot of theories out there, but I don't think there's any hard evidence towards any specific one that I know. I of. could see her like serving a similar role, like Guinevere is uh, the mother, you know, the mother of healing. You know, just this is the kind of the PR wing uh, was the PR wing of uh, uh, Gwyn's regime, right? Almost mm -hmm. like uh, we're going to get people to to work for us uh, through her and her charisma, right? So if you look at a church, you know, she is the mother of rebirth, and she can help people, you know, be reborn, right? Which is kind of a, a really kind of like religious promise, right? Like, oh, seek us and you'll be reborn eternal, even though it is this corrupted and weird form. Like, yeah, you're going to come back and, you know, you you know, th there is this renewal from it. However, you know, eventually you're going to turn into one of these things. Like, I could see them serving a similar function, but I don't know if it's like a bloodline thing or not. Yeah. You know, like if this, if yeah. this is like a, a fallen and corrupted version of the way, you know, the way of white, then that would, you know, be the connection, I suppose. Yeah, I do wonder if it's like a better version than the undead that we see from the graveyard. Maybe it's a step up from that. <laughs> oh, the when you when you come back? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, just I, the graveyard ones when we first enter, the ones that had the mangrove not mangrove, that had the slug stuff coming out of them. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because she's explicitly so the mangroves, um, when I said that we know what they are, they are people who tried to be reborn too many times. Right. So when you when you try to be reborn a sixth time, which I didn't do, I just read it, read this dialogue. It's it gives you a warning that says you've been reborn as many times as you can. Uh, if you get reborn again, you become a grub. <laughs> oh, really? Or something like that. Yeah. I didn't know that because I never I, use her. So I, what happens if you actually go try to be reborn a seventh time? You you can't do it. It gives you that message as like an uh, like it stops you. Yeah. Like you, oh, okay. it, that's the error message. It's not an error message, but that's the no. That <laughs> the it game you. crashes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the erases your save. That's too bad. It'd be so great if you're just forced to become a mangrove and you're just fucked. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Or if it was like a different version of being egg burdened or something like that. Like they yeah. just, uh, oh, man. like you, you couldn't wear uh, boots anymore. God, I forgot how cool I being I know, right? Was. That's so good. Um, the, uh, yeah. So th that's what grubs are. So when people are like, I don't know what grubs are. And that's really interesting when you run into them because Whoever these people who have been reborn, they're doing it to excess. Right. So Klimt has done it to excess. Uh, Yellowfinger Heisel has done it to excess. He shows up here later, uh, turned into a grub. Um, so people who who have become grubs have just done this a lot. Uh, but let me just put on my glasses before you get any comments. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank Yellowfinger you, Hazel is a girl. Okay, cool. Oh, Let's okay. Move on. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Yellowfinger Hazel has turned into a grub. <laughs> Also, I don't know. Did you talk about Hazel much yet? Like that character and who she is? Uh, we talked about her invasion, but we have not talked much about her because this is where she kind of her storyline kind of ends. Yeah. Here. Yeah. Um, yeah. She's the daughter of a major Farron Lord, I believe. Uh, and she's related to the crystal sorcerers in a way, too. I have to look yeah. up stuff again. It's yes. been a while since I've read it. <laughs> Yeah, I remember vague things about that. I didn't. I don't think I had the the full story, but she is one of the people who. She's not the one who taught, Baron sorcerers, 
the crystal sorcery, right? Or is that is that her? I think she kind of um, like rejected her heritage, if I remember correctly. I'm trying to look at the item descriptions right now. I'm like, I need to, I need to find these items. <laughs> I need to find these items so I can properly talk about it. <laughs> okay, so we have two item descriptions: Farron Hail, as well as uh, Great Farron Dart, I believe. Yeah, Great Farron Dart. Mm-hmm. And those two item descriptions are entrusted to the leader of the Legion's acolytes, and apparently a sorcery of his daughter Hazel, that was refined by a Crystal Sage. So she is the a daughter of one of the undead legions acolytes, or it says the sorcery of his daughter. Hmm. So the leader, oh, the leader of the legions acolytes. Excuse me. So this Hazel is the daughter of the legion, the leader of all the legions acolytes, and then the crystal sage came in and made it a better sorcery and like worked on it more. But yeah. apparently, I, I'd assume that she, because she's now a finger, she deferred away from her heritage to become a finger no yeah. yeah until she eventually uh grubbed herself got grubbed yeah um we're gonna go uh get grub. we're, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey get grubbed um the uh we're gonna come back and talk about this a little bit later when we talk about uh leonard ring fingers uh quest lines yes. um, a little bit later in the game yeah um but for now no uh, you should also know too if you are playing along with the show um, joining this uh, covenant and using it um, cuts you off from Cirrus's quest line. Yes. Uh, Cirrus In other hates... words, don't do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, you can do it later. Just don't do it yet. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the cat ring is cooler than than what you're going to get for this ring, probably. Yeah. So. Yep, unless you're interested. Cirrus's quest line is fucking hard to finish. Oh, God, yeah. I, I hate it. I think that's like, the I... hardest one to do all the way through. <laughs> It is really frustrating. And again, it has that backtracking place that makes no sense. And some of the worst hinting in the game about where you're supposed to go to finish it. Mm-hmm. It's also um, just so easy to do something that's going to mess it up. Like you accidentally choose to kill um, the Rod of Greatwood. You're screwed out of the quest line. <laughs> you choose to join, like even just offer, you offer one pale tongue just out of curiosity. You've screwed up the quest line. Yeah. And especially when um, there's been no consequence for doing any covenant stuff so far. Like you, you can, you know, change them like underwear. Yeah. There's uh there's certain ashes that you have to give. That's what continues her quest line. Yeah. Is specifically giving certain ashes to um the to the shrine handmaid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you miss those ashes or if you choose to do it later, <laughs> you're not gonna be able to follow along with her quest line. Yeah. So Yeah, you have to get the dream chaser ones from Farron. And then there's oh. like even you have to do this all this by a certain point too. Because if you don't do all this stuff by a certain point in the game, again you've screwed yourself out of the quest line. Yeah. The that's the Dark Souls three quest dot text <laughs> because they're all like they feel like they're they're kind of needlessly complicated across the I board. I mean, I like I guess I don't mind so much because Dark Souls one has some really complicated quest lines as well, but I don't find most of them to be quite as interesting as the Dark Souls one quest line. No, I, I wrote a big thing. I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes because I haven't talked about it on the show, but I wrote a big four thousand word essay on how I don't like Dark Souls three NBC quest lines, <laughs> um, yeah. and compared to Dark Souls one and. And the difference is in Dark Souls 1, the most complicated one was uh, Sigmire, and that's very complicated. But even just kind of naturally playing the game, you'll see 80% of it. You know, but and I that's mean, the th- well, I, I'd argue that the most complicated one in Dark Souls 1 is um, the priestess, whose name I'm not remembering at the moment. Rhea? Rhea. I'd say Rhea is the, the most complicated one, just like in order to actually get her so the watchers, the channelers see her and then choose to capture her. Like getting that and understanding that when like people realized that was what was going on, I was like, "Holy crap! I can't <laughs> believe you guys found this." But 
Overall, though, I, I just don't find what's going on with these quest lines as important. So I'm not like, or interesting to the overall story. So I'm not like, oh, I'm super glad I did that. I mean, Siegvers is Siegvers is very well worth it. But yeah. I, I'm I'm I agree with you. Like I, I don't think that they're I think that they're really complicated and don't add up to as as much. Like they're not as interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And and I mean they are more complicated. And even I guess like Ria's is is has the ending that's complicated. But there are characters that will you you can follow her down into uh, down into the tomb of the giants. Um, you know, characters will tell you where she went. You know, it's not a non-intuitive stuff. Like yeah. patches tells you how to where to go. Um, if you kind of working through like finding Logan initially is tough, but then he's just kind of on the path you're going to be traveling anyway. Yeah. You just kind of run into him. You don't have to backtrack through areas other than than Siegmeier, But it is uh, you see more of them naturally. Yeah. I think yeah, that's true. And like yeah. with if you talk to um man, my Darcel's one names are just slipping, but if you talk to the other cleric from the Way of White, uh, Darcel's one Petrus. Petrus. If you talk yeah. to him a bunch, he hints at a lot of stuff with Rhea. Yeah. 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 Like specifically with Sierra. So if you join this and she says, Oh, we 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 must part ways, like when that happened to me the first time, I felt like a lot of people felt when they played New Vegas and they like just did something inconsequential. And it's like quest fail, quest fail, quest fail, quest fail. Yeah. Yeah. And it's except in New Vegas, it doesn't actually matter. Like you're not actually losing content because it's exclu- it's exclusive content. You're making a choice there, and mm-hmm. you know you're making a choice. Yeah. Like it's a game about factions, and this is this weird game, and not about factions, but there's one just little like mutually exclusive thing in the middle of yeah. it. Yeah, with Sirius, like a, there's just no way you would really know that. Oh, whoops. So you had no problem with me being like an Aldric faithful. Like I can, I can, you know, be faithful to Aldric. You have no problem with that. It's just this, you know. I don't know, it's yeah. weird. Yeah. Um, one quest line that I, I do like. Uh, so after you've opened the front door to this cathedral, you can head back to that well uh, where Sigurd is there. <laughs> and uh, he's fallen in the well. He's been tricked <laughs> and his armor has been stolen and thrown. And he's been thrown down this well. Um, and he needs his armor to get back out, which like <laughs> is cute. It bugs me because we thought Sigurd was competent now <laughs> and he's not going to be for the rest of the game. Is he competent so, or is Patches just that crafty? Man, yeah, and you can also find Patches wearing his armor <laughs> yeah. and pretending to be him. Hmm. Well, you look reasonably sane. I am a knight of Katarina. I've managed to track down this cathedral's store of treasure. It's right over there, across that narrow part. Treasure? Hmm. Always so close. Yet so far, I'm in quite a pickle, <laughs> indeed. I, uh, as much as I mean, and again, I'm, I'll just refer people to the thing I wrote because I don't want to repeat <laughs> it here. But like, I have a lot of problems with Sigurd's quest. This bit here with Patches wearing his armor is possibly the single funniest thing I think in a Souls game. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, I love this so much. I think it is hilarious. It doesn't touch my heart at all, which is what I want from an NPC quest line. But it is so goddamn funny. <laughs> Um, but he's doing a bad impression. Yeah, it's the impression that does it. Like it's so good. Yeah, like, no, I mean that's definitely like the funny part. Except for for me, I still haven't had that happen to me, and I played the game five or six times. And I'm like, man, like that seems hilarious, and I wish I'd found it, but I never did. So, but I like that it exists. I'm like, that's super cool. It sounds really funny. So the, the triggering is nonsense. Well, was like not just didn't happen. I honestly I had to look it up. I did just I did had no clue. No, the 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 trigger the triggering triggering and the articulation points I think are still bad. Like the signaling is bad, mm-hmm. 
it's just very funny that one character impersonates another one. <laughs> like the game, yeah. you know, is is cashing in on your love of Siegmeier in so many different ways. <laughs> Even so much so that NPCs within the game are meta cashing in on it. <laughs> like they know the player loves Siegmeier that much. I feel like, like if keep- um I mean like in terms of the quest lines, I feel like if they made it easier to find patches quest line, then mm-hmm. it would have been fine. And you would have been like, Oh, that's weird that he's doing this. Yeah. And that would have led you to thinking, like, maybe I need to look around for Siegbert. <laughs> mm-hmm. But the fact that he himself is very specific to find, yeah. if you don't find him, then you have no reason to even think to backtrack to the well. Yeah, and finding and finding uh, uh, patches is so important to getting Siegbert to go forward. Um, and Siegbert is pretty important for, like, one of the one of the uh, spokes that we're going to get to later. You yeah. Know? yeah, he has a really cool quest line for yeah. sure. And so it's just, it's, it's like a bummer. So, like, I lost Sigvert here on my first playthrough. And in fact, I almost lost him again until I realized that there is that failsafe. Uh, let's talk about what happens in the in the cathedral itself, though, because that's also pretty funny. Because, like, here he's, he, he does this impression and says, ah, I found the, 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 the cache of treasure. It's so tempting. Why don't you go get it? And uh, I love how many times he says, hmm. He does it like one too many times for it to be yeah. actually be Sigvert. He does four homes instead of three. Yeah. Yeah, that's your that's your your signal. That's your clue. Uh, that's wrong. And he sends you across this this bridge. Um, <laughs> and it's one of the most like lovingly uh, uh, animated cutscenes as he like lowers the bridge and then pulls off the helmet, reveals that it's patches. This like uh, yep. anime like uh, like just uh, push in on his face and like <laughs> shame on yep. you, you greedy. Guts. Wait, what? Yeah, I didn't even I didn't know there was a cutscene for doing. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god! I'm looking. I'm like looking it up right now. Yes. I need to see this. Yes, the <laughs> thought you could trick an onion, um, and this actually changes too because like the bridge that he's lowering is uh, it lowers you down to the uh, the, the floor that has a uh, you know, like uh, down with the giants. If you've killed the giant, he is baffled mm. that uh, yeah he's mad. He's, he's mad that his trap where's the giant? Yeah. yeah. Um, there's a if you don't do this so patches will still show up if you miss him in the cathedral this is definitely the funniest thing but there's two different encounters they're not mutually exclusive um if he doesn't spawn here or even if he does he will he will appear in firelink um after you buy the bell uh the key to the tower and head up and then kind of uh get up to the top he'll lock you in Um, there. This changes uh, by context too, because if you're, uh, uh, he says something. If you're, if you're a male, uh, but if you're playing a female character, he says, "Ah, you're locked in there with a bunch of your kind, aren't you?" It even changes yeah. if you're a cleric. His dialogue. Yeah, oh yeah, this, yeah, both of them do. So this one, it definitely changes if you're a cleric for this one, where he lowers you down to the giant. Mm. Um, here, yes. um, he says different things if you're a cleric. Yeah. <laughs> but pa- patches is my favorite quest line in in Dark Souls Three because. It doesn't feel pandery at all because Patches has always just kind of been part of Souls. Like I'm, <laughs> he's grandfathered in, you know. And them doing kind of more outlandish and meta things to trick the player mm-hmm. with Patches feels like in universe right yeah. to me. Like it feels correct. I'm curious how he either cured his spiderism or he caught his spiderism. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So actually, it's just his cousin. Watching... It's like Snoopy. How Snoopy has all the or Snoopy has those cousins. Yeah. Actually, watching the cutscene, I finally understand why you have to open the door first. Is because if you go the other way first, you've activated that bridge yourself. Mm. So that's why Patches so you know, wouldn't oh, show so up because he's seen you. And he he knows that you know it moves, right, hmm. or something to that extent. So I get it now, but I'm still like, man, <laughs> or just the man. bridge won't be up. Yeah, like at that point, if you've gone the other way, right, yeah. right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
but but uh, pre- pretty funny. You can also so you can go uh, once he shows up at Firelink after you do this, you can buy Sigurd's armor from him and then throw it down the well. It's pretty expensive, too. and that's it's really expensive. Yeah, it that's is. how you continue Sigurd's quest. Right. Um, Although you can do it, you can do it after beating um, Deacons of the Deep. So yes. what I usually do is beat Deacons of the Deep and just use whatever souls I got mm. for buying that armor. Yeah, robbing Royce to pay patches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there you go. <laughs> Yeah, the old saying yep. goes. You know how um, it goes, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, or, like, I, I never tried this. It stands to reason you could kill him and get it, right? Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's actually... Patches is useful for another quest line in a weird way later, too. Oh, yeah, he uh, takes um, Greyrod under his wing. Quest line, yeah. Oh, actually, I, mean, I, I had people uh, tell me that you can kill him and get his arm, the armor that way. Okay. I've never no. killed Patches, though, <laughs> like... No, I always forgive him, even though you know I know he's just going to come back in another game and fuck me yeah, over. Yeah, like a brother. But th- those are honestly some of my favorite things that happens in, the, in these games. Like that, I'm really on board uh, for patches yeah. in general. Um, when you actually find him back at Firelink, you can buy the horse hoof ring, uh, which has one of my favorite descriptions in, in Dark Souls, um, where it's like uh, it in- increases your kick strength, and it says something like you know ring of uh, unbreakable patches. Uh, his friends used to make fun of him for using the cowardly tactic of kicking people into pits. <laughs> but who's more the fool, the person who relies on the tactic or the person who falls for it every time <laughs> or something like that? Yeah. That's a real good fuck you player in the text. <laughs> it, was nice, uh, it was nice and cheeky. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Um, he doesn't oh, sell that by default if you never get Grey Rot. He doesn't, uh, he doesn't sell it. Okay. They have to be in uh, Fire Link at the same time. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, he will drop it if you kill him regardless. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Um, so we can make our way down to the floor of the cathedral with this uh, ankle deep water and a couple of smashulons <laughs> hanging around on the floor. Some more thralls, of course. Yeah. Um, um, also, the uh, the edges of this are lined with more of those poison spewing uh, pilgrims. Yes. Yep. Hmm. Um, and we kind of see this uh, this set piece where there's a uh, kind of up above. There's some pews. There's a statue we can only kind of see. And to the right, there is another giant um, here. Yeah. And uh, this giant is interesting. Uh, if you kill him um, around him. Um, you can get the Maiden set, and you can also get the Drang set, mm, oh, oh. which sounds like it was made by Steve Brule. <laughs> so, um, so. Drang set, the Drang hammers. <laughs> like, this ah. is this is actually too. So the Maiden set is uh, at the back, um, the, the the back of the uh, cathedral, where you can open up the big door and go down and get the uh, the Saint Bidet and learn learn about how Clint oh, yeah. uh, lost his faith and started serving uh, Rosaria. Uh, the one at the front is where you get the Drang, which is uh, short for Drang Lake. This is the uh, the yeah. mascot yeah. armor from Dark Souls Two. Yeah, so yep. everyone who's been saying, I've, I've seen so many speculations from people like, I think Dark Souls 2 takes place after Dark Souls 3. It doesn't. <laughs> Stop it. No. Stop yeah. it. It's... There's so many items like the Drang set that you find that specifically reference Dark Souls 2 as having happened in the past. Yeah. But the, I mean, the, I, that's, I think that's 100% true. But I think the reason why people want to believe that that's not true is because, and I, I've said this a thousand times, is that Dark Souls 3 feels like it takes place right after Dark Souls yeah. 1. It's like there's yeah, not does, a sense of time passing, you know. So like it would make more sense for this to be an interqual yeah. than a than a sequel. Mm-hmm. Well, what's um, interesting? Just, the drang set. I, I think if I remember correctly, it is the drang set that has this description. Is it describes drang lake as something that had like the the story, the tale of the linking of the yeah. fire, or something like that. Yeah. Where it doesn't like imply that it necessarily happened, but more that it was like yeah. some sort of fairy tale thing that happened. Yeah, it's the legend of linking the fire. Um, yeah, you know, this land of sellswords that uh, uh, kind of committed treason against themselves uh, by descending into the abyss, kind of separating from the world forever, which is like, huh, are they literally putting all of Drang Lake in the memory hole? 
Yeah, just like <laughs> stuffing uh, everything that happened in Dark Souls 2. Fuck you guys who like Dark Souls 2. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, for, yeah. Like you said, it definitely is proclaimed from a land known for the legend of the Linking of the Fire. <laughs> I mean, I, I made a joke about it in my story video. Or like, I made two story videos. One was a comedy one. And the comedy one, I just made a joke where I was talking about the lore of Dark Souls 3, and I just have a brief joke after finishing the brief summary of Dark Souls 1 that mattered. Like, and then Dark Souls 2 happened. <laughs> it didn't matter. And yeah. just move on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is, uh, that is definitely the perspective yeah. that the uh, the DS3 <laughs> kind of game takes yeah. the, here. The, I'm glad you can get that armor, because the first at night armor looks oh, badass. Oh, it's awesome. I love it. Oh, yeah. It's super cool armor. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm glad that there's different weapons and armors from Dark Souls 2, because some of it really is cool. Yeah. It's, like, iconic. Yeah. Just, like, it's really well designed. Um, So, I, I think that, like, the, the one possible out for that doesn't take place before or after. Like, because of the convergy-wergy and the timey-wiminess, maybe certain parts of it are from before or after? Maybe? I don't know. <laughs> Well, there's, yeah. there's, uh, you find something in the a later area of the game mm-hmm. that very strongly references Vendrick as having been something in the past. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know. Yeah. Like I'm just kind of trying to inhabit that idea or that viewpoint, but like that goes into like that goes so far into timey wimey, dreamy weemy, whatever what? that like it's a stew of subjectivity and nothing means anything. It's the, yeah. the it's Dark Souls two taking place after Dark Souls three. The only purpose it fulfills is that it makes it not seem so strange that Dark Souls 3 is full of Dark Souls 1 references. And there's a a really easy explanation for why that's happening. Like, that's not a narrative problem. That's a weird tonal problem. Mm -hmm. You know, so it solves a tonal problem rather than a story problem. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. And it's Um, it's definitely not like a viewpoint that I have. I just was like, was there, is there anything I can like find to like, yeah, find some truth in that. You believe it. <laughs> yes. You're one of them. You said it, so therefore you believe it. <laughs> Don't entertain ideas you're not willing to commit to, Ross. I'm not even doing that. It's a, no, you're it's not, a you're dangerous not game that. you're playing, you're just, Ross. Yeah, you're just fuck you, Kath, Kath Ross. <laughs> um, the, uh, so, so you head up past this, this uh, knight or this giant. Real quick, can we talk about fighting these giants? Because uh, I don't find fighting the giants very satisfying in these games. No. Like they feel like they're like uh, environmental hazards more than anything. And a lot of times they just drop poop, which makes me think that like, that's the developer saying you don't really need to fight these things. <laughs> um, one of them gives you a large Titanite shard as well here, but oftentimes they almost always drop poop. They I was also asking viewers in my let's play because I couldn't understand what those cages were for that you raised. Mm. Cause I just went and killed the giants because they're so easy. Yeah. They're so mm. easy. Um, and then they were just like, oh, it's so you can draw the giants out and trap them so they're easier to fight. And I'm just like... it's Yeah, it's not hard really? to fight the giants <laughs> at all. I felt no need at all whatsoever for that. Once I figured it, out that you could do it, like I was, I was definitely intimidated when I first got down there because of how difficult they were when you were on the same level with them and trying to dodge out of the way of him smashing his arm at you. Mm-hmm. So I was intimidated and I wasn't sure if you could actually get close to him or like what that was my first time playing. But then yeah. once I actually did, I figured out real quick, like, oh, this isn't bad at all. They're so easy to fight from ankle, ankle height. Yeah. Um, you do see uh, those gashes in their ankles. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, you fight this guy. You get back up to this kind of area of worship where there are all these deacons sitting on pews um, looking at this gigantic stone cube. <laughs> uh, well, it's not, the, it's, that is it's not of... the stone cube just yet. It's like the uh, it's the altar that's kind of askew. That's uh, that's draped yeah, over and yeah, has yeah. the uh, that has the uh, roots kind of growing up it. Yeah, yeah. It's collapsing into the floor. Yeah. Um, you know, you fight some smash you, you fight some slash 
there's an elevator across the way um, there, which is a shortcut, but I don't think you activate it here. Or do you activate uh, it here? I might be confused. Maybe I think you activate it here. This is this is yeah, where you activate it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It it, it, yeah. it creates like a like a slightly easier run from the from the bonfire to the boss if you don't go through like. But otherwise, like the once you're down here, like once you don't have to deal with the exterior, this is not that difficult of an area. No. Well, to me, this is like the best. This is what opens up the shortcut from Rosaria's bonfire. Oh yeah. 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 Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you do that, then you're like, oh cool, I can just go this way from Rosaria's bonfire. Yeah. Um, you head your way down. Um, it should be noted that there are summon signs for uh, Henri and Horace right here, which only makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they're on their same way here. Yeah. Um, to fight the boss, uh, Deacons of the Deep. We found Aldrich. We did. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, rats. Um, um, I love this arena. Rats is uh, is appropriate. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, because it is yeah. uh, uh, Vanguard. Royal rat ass. Yeah, it's yeah. Authority of the Royal Rat or whatever. Um, yeah. That's the Vanguard, I, I guess. Ah, fuck me. Yeah. Um, I love this arena huh. um, because oh, of yeah. that gigantic cube. Uh, it reminds me of uh, the uh, the housing around the, uh, the Black Rock in Mecca. Like the gigantic, uh, oh, yes. the, gig- uh, the gigantic cube that people uh, pilgrimage toward, and I, I assume that that is supposed to hold the, uh, the, the, the coffin of Aldric. Yeah, yeah, this is definitely where Aldric was was resting. Um, here, um, this boss fight. So I've only died to this boss once. Like after I kind of figured it out, mm-hmm. like I, I had it, but it has a lot of cool phases, <laughs> um, and it is a neat boss fight where it's a it's a bunch of these deacons and this red soul that jumps between them and you have to hit that one that's the only one that does damage um so you kind of move forward hitting the one that's highlighted it's not too tricky because the uh the deacons move pretty slowly they just do normal deacon damage um and if you had like a wide sweeping weapon it is you know <laughs> knock them all down it's, it's no like problem bowling. yeah 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 um and another sport thing like this is kind of another expression of the uh, the football um, metaphor that Rom did in uh, Bloodborne. Mm-hmm. Like, you are, you know, needing to, like, pierce the, the, the defensive line to get into the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And with, which which moves around. It's, it's They can also, all the normal tricks, so, like, parrying and backstabbing works on them as mm-hmm. well. So you can do uh, good damage that way. Um, this gets interesting during the second phase. So uh, the music changes when you get to the second phase, which I really love. And uh, Archdeacon Royce appears um, here, and he gets a couple of uh, fat deacons who can heal him um, but there are these other deacons that are the interesting ones that are kind of hanging out near the side mm-hmm. uh, who start kind of casting the spell into the, the general arena. <laughs> um, this kind of like I don't know if it's purple or blue, I'm colorblind I assume purple because it's it's you know deep associated. Yeah, it's purple. Um, it's purple. You're right. Yeah. Um, that will start adding curse to you. Yeah. So you either have to take those guys out or it just makes this really tense time limit on the rest of the fight. (laughs) Which is great because like the first half of it could be construed as being really leisurely. Like maybe they're going to take some pot shots at you with some uh, pyromancy, but there's like an immediate Mm -hmm. existential threat that's dropped on you. Yeah. And it never 
Or go ahead, go ahead, Dave. Sorry. Well, I was just gonna say it's also something where if I play through this area and sometimes I'll I'll not really use the large Titanite shards because I'm saving them for a weapon that I get later on. Um, mm -hmm. If you're playing with just like a plus three weapon here, it's really easy to start like getting towards it breaking because there's so many, as you would say, front linemen that you have to get through in order mm -hmm. to even get to the main one and not be yeah. completely overwhelmed. Yeah, it is. Um, if you if you can focus fire and you don't end up fighting any of the kind of lesser deacons, it's pretty easy in all of my run throughs of yeah. it. The first time I was very conservative because uh, I, I play these games very conservatively and, uh, you know, had a problem and died my, my very first time fighting them uh, to that curse. And it was cool because I got to see it because every time since then, I'm just like, just focus on the red guy and you're fine. You know, you can you can roll away and heal. Um, they'll never out damn out DPS you. Um, so I ended up finding this to be this is probably the easiest boss in the game for me. See, I'd have trouble um, when I didn't level up my weapon enough just because I wasn't hurting him for that much. Mm -hmm. And then they would heal him, or he would get healed. So he I actually could, does yeah. get healed. But what I found the, like, the easiest way to do it is if you use an alluring skull. Oh, it yeah. It attracts all of them, which is also... I know I know, like a lot of enemies get attracted to the alluring skulls, but I think it specifically makes sense here because if you think about the Deacons of the Deep or worshiping Aldrich, they like mm -hmm. eating people. Yeah. So you're like, hey, here's some food. They're throwing a Rice Krispie treat across the room. Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's yeah. a cartoon string of sausages to a guard dog. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, um, yeah. Uh, um, how, how, about, how about you guys? What was your experience uh, fighting these, these bad boys? Uh, my first time through. Um, oh, gosh. Uh, no, it wasn't the first time. This is just a fact that I know from watching a video. Uh, you can uh, use report on them as well, a rapport rather, mm. um, which is uh, which is really neat. I uh, just I love that they're regular enemies. I like this boss fight an awful lot. Like it, it's not a downside to me that it's easy. It's not it's not mm -hmm. a novel concept, but like it is still like one in this long string of kind of like really interesting boss fights. You know that we kind of remarked on last time, where they're kind of throwing a bunch of different stuff at you. Um, you know, it's not novel, but it does kind of take a fun boss fight from Dark Souls 2 and evolve it and kind of like add a little bit more nuance and tactic to it that like really works for me in a big bad way. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like I it guess, too. I just think it's it's very easy. Yeah. I, I went the other way first that you could go. Oh, oh the yeah. The two yeah, paths to, that you can uh, take. Yeah, fair and keep. So, yeah. yeah. So I went that way. So by the time I got here, I was definitely overpowered for it. So I just breezed through it and I was like, oh, was that is that it? But when I played through it another time uh, down the line, and like I said, I didn't wasn't leveling up my weapon properly, it actually was kind of difficult. So I was like, oh, and I didn't, like the first time through, I didn't even know that they had this purple magic that would curse you mm -hmm. if you didn't like stop them from summoning it. So when that started mm -hmm. happening, I was like, oh, wow, this, this fight just took a whole new different level by doing it at a different point in the game. So I like that that aspect of it, that there's different levels of difficulty depending on when you choose to go here. That's nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's also nice that uh, this is a relatively easy boss after a pretty difficult area. Yeah. I'll, I'll say the other thing I like too, though, is that there's a lot of different strategies like we were talking about for killing this boss, which is always nice. Because yeah. then you can, always, you can have your different play styles and all of them work to a different effect, which is pretty cool. Yeah, if you if you have kind of any kind of group uh, or area effect pyromancy, um, you, yeah. you know, you'll clean up. <laughs> I will say uh, that, like, I mean, personally, these aren't my favorite fights, but I like that at least it has variety. Yeah. So as long as 
this is a one-time boss. I'm cool with it. I'm like, cool. All right, it was something different. Yeah. Yeah. It also gets like a lot from presentation for me, like walking into the room and seeing a dozen robed figures just kind of <laughs> looking at me um, is a really awesome moment. Yeah. Like it's really cinematic and, and cool. Uh, it's um, and oh, yeah. it's worth noting if you look at the uh, the character models for them, they are uh, starting to take root. Mm. Yeah, um, they're either their uh, their their faces or their eyes, or kind of like around their feet. Um, they've got uh, some plantage happening. Mm. Yeah, I've ever figure out why people are turning into plants in this game. Um, yeah, well, but you... it might relate to that thing with Dark Souls too. That might be the one relation where we have the giants returning to trees and almost like they're becoming arch trees in a way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That might be the case. Like once it starts heading towards the cycle of dark. The undead themselves are becoming arch trees and becoming the world again. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I mean, that's maybe. just you know one of those like who knows. That's just one possible, plausible theory. Yeah. 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 When I when I first saw people turning into trees, I thought about Aldia, but that's before I realized that Dark Souls Three doesn't care about Aldia. <laughs> Nobody loves I you mean, like I do. Aldia. It might. There is one speculation that it might, but yeah. we're not close to there yet. Yeah. 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 Nah, and, and I, I, I like the other speculation related to that more, but regardless, there is a speculation that Aldia might be involved in something. Mm-hmm. I like the other one more too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is. Uh, yeah. Um, so you eventually you kill these guys, um, one way or another, um, and uh, we find out. Um, you know, we get their get their soul. Um, that allows you to make the candlestick. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's the uh, the Claris candlestick, which is a catalyst sword, which is nice. Yes, or a uh, deep shit, aka deep soul. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, and uh, really, what we came here for—well, we came here for Al- uh, Aldrich. I keep on wanting to say Aldia, but we came here for Aldrich. Um, I make that mistake so much. <laughs> I'm writing like videos and all that. I always will accidentally put Aldia and be like, "No, it's Aldrich. It's yeah. Aldrich." It also doesn't help that Autocomplete uh, has learned uh, Aldia, but not Aldrich for me yet. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, but no. Uh, so Aldrich is not here. Uh, he's done flown the coop. Uh, which is a time-honored Dark Souls tradition. Um, mm-hmm. Instead, what we get by killing these guys is a uh, is a small doll. Yes, yeah. um, which we're going to use uh, eventually to uh, to go down the critical path and is... follow him to Erethil. Yes. There's an interesting thing with the small doll too, which is that it talks about how it would be given to someone so they remember and can get back into Erethil, mm-hmm. which would imply that Aldia. It's another implication that Aldia came from Erethil because we get that at some point in the game, but this implies that, oh, maybe that was his original hometown, was Irithyll. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but if you read the Dark Souls 3 comic that came out, which I don't take at all to be any <laughs> sort of... Um, yeah. a, a, like It's not canon at all to me, because <laughs> Miyazaki and From Software have nothing to do with right. it. But regardless, in that, there's a character named Aldia who has a doll. So that's Her, also... Yeah, Aldrich. I just, oh, I just yeah, want to make sure I don't, I don't mean to be a dick and correct you. Yeah. I just, I just want to make sure that people, <laughs> people know. No, no, you're right. Thank you for correcting me <laughs> because he's still doing it. Yeah. Um, the game's been out for two months now. Yeah. I mean, I can't cite the, uh, the actual item where it says, but like the, the, or maybe it's dialogue, but it's like, Oh, he went home is, uh, is, is yeah. the idea of it. It's dialogue that we get right after this from, yeah. Um, yeah. From Henri who uh, basically says like, yeah, we chased the wrong lead. Oh, well. Um, yeah. but yeah, this is like the, the small doll. Uh, if you look at it, it's got the uh, the crescent on it, which we'll understand, um, you know, is meaningful um, later on, mm-hmm. but also uh, resembles some of the grave markers that we saw on the Road of Sacrifices. Um, and yes, this is kind of like given out by Pontiff Sullivan, 
um, you know, to his favored. Wherever you go, the moon still sets in Irithyll. Wherever you may be, Irithyll is your home. Yep. And the, the other thing that we get here, too, is if you warp out and go back, you get the Archdeacon set. Mm -hmm. And interestingly, every single item in the set references a different Archdeacon. Mm -hmm. So we find out about all three of them now. It's like uh, the traveling pants. Like yeah. they all wear different, they trade clothing a lot. Yeah. It's like, yeah, whatever. It's the same thing. You can wear my pair today. <laughs> yeah. So we find out Archdeacon Royce is the one that we were fighting here. That's who we killed because he decided to stay behind and wait for Aldia or Aldrich uh, to come back. Yeah. Yeah, to come back. He's like, oh, Aldrich will come back at some point. We'll just hang out here and keep the Cathedral of the Deep nice and uh, deadly and full of horrible things for him. Mm -hmm. And then Archdeacon Klimt, we know, went and joined Rosaria. Mm -hmm. And then we find out about this other Archdeacon, McDonnell, who went and joined Aldrich to whatever he was going to go yeah, to. Um, and we don't know much about him yet except for yeah, that. Yeah, we learned about, about McDonnell that he, uh, from a couple of uh, spell descriptions as well, he's one of the primary, like, deep uh miracle uh kind of like craftsman kind of guys um what i love about yep. that so the the you learn about the different archdeacons by which uh item they cast off as they kind mm. of like shirk their duty of being delegates of the gods so yeah. you know yeah. <laughs> um uh, so yeah one mcdonald cast off his white crown and left the cathedral to stand by aldrich and so this is the hat yep mm. oh interesting. All, yeah they all got rid of something mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we'll we'll meet McDonald uh, soon enough. Another thing uh, that's worth talking about too with the deacons of the deep is that mm -hmm. we now have these new deacons in this area where first they were just these smaller ones, mm -hmm. but now you have three different sizes. Oh yeah. And that also goes along with this idea that Aldius or Aldrich. Damn. Now it's just stuck in my head. <laughs> Aldrich um, had this whole thing where eating was really good. He was mm -hmm. basically a glutton, really. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. and. It, now we're seeing these really obese um, deacons, and it's like, well, those were probably, and they're, they take more hits, mm -hmm. and they probably are more powerful in rank. Think about <laughs> yeah. it, because that's probably what he favors. They've supped upon more of the flesh. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah they they kind of get a little bit of the Innsmouth look, a little bit. They look like uh, dark corner, the, dark corners of the earth NPCs. Yeah, uh, maybe look at them. Um, I, I I didn't realize until now as we were talking about, it, but it's very obvious um, that this is an echo of um, the gaping dragon and uh, the covetous demon. That uh, oh, that, yeah, that, that, that so much eating can like transform you into something vile. I didn't even yeah. think about that, but you're absolutely right. Yeah. Um, Miyazaki yeah, it, slipping in the hints there. <laughs> <laughs> and and we should note uh, that this is mandatory. So um, this it feels like a dead end, and we need to get this doll. So if you'd gone the other way, you would eventually just ran into a fence um, that this doll me, is going to help us with. For me personally, this is where I come to have some gripes with the Dark Souls 3 world design. Yeah. And it's yeah. fine, right? And, like, I mean, these areas are so giant. It seems like that was their goal, was to have all these giant intertwined areas within themselves. Mm -hmm. So the level designs we were talking about is brilliant within the Cathedral of the Deep. But unlike Dark Souls 1, it doesn't have brilliant world design. Yeah. So to me, I feel like the individual level design of Dark Souls 3 is really well done, but I don't necessarily love the world design of the game. Yeah, that's the difference between uh, inter-level design and intra-level design. Yeah. Yeah, it's really yeah. good intra. Yeah, but taking, I mean, it's something words fine with it. And yeah. there's nothing wrong with it. It's, it's just a preference. But to me, I tend to prefer inner level design, I suppose. Mm -hmm. 
where everything else is connected to each other. But yeah, so you just you come to this dead end. And you're like, all right, well, I guess I gotta go back. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's it is a it is a coin toss whether or not you're going to uh, have a frustrating like moment of friction. There really isn't one because of the warping, but like there's still that like a, a initial emotional response that you're likely to have. You know what though? If there wasn't warping. You'd go back and you find Siegbert and you'd be like, oh, shit. <laughs> How long have you been down there? I, I always wonder when warping, because that was a big thing in Dark Souls 2, is that I feel like warping was added late, you know, oh, uh, specifically that... because of a couple shortcuts where I'm like, yeah. oh, this only makes sense. <laughs> Not even just the shortcut, but that one uh, NPC who unlocks the entire way to a branch of the game for yeah, you. Let's see you. Yeah, yeah. This is, yeah, yeah, like she only goes like there's no reason to backtrack to that area in Dark Souls 2 <laughs> at all. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So it, it makes me feel like in Dark Souls 2, warping was added kind of late. Here, the, the evidence that you couldn't warp from the beginning really is just the fact that they make you backtrack with NPCs so often. So maybe those two feel, things were completed at different kind of stages of production. I feel like you could just based off of an item description we get later from about the bonfires mm -hmm. to me that it seems like that was always the goal with them because that item description and it's really only the npc quest lines like because of all this dead ending that we get it, it's yeah. just like well it's just design wise it'd be frustrating if you had to backtrack it's just because i'm glad that you don't have to backtrack i would have preferred with this world i don't want to backtrack right. You yeah, know, but it, it does it does mean that some of the npc kind of signaling and stuff is sloppier than i would have liked um, there are some shortcuts, though, in Cathedral of the Deep I feel like are kind of pointless. As good mm -hmm. as a lot of the wraparounds are, there's some really good ones. All the ones that lead back to the bonfire are really good. Mm -hmm. But the front main entrance door that you open up, <laughs> when I finally opened that up, and I was like, oh, cool, I found it. So what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was excited at first, and I realized, like, what? I doesn't really, I'm never going to use this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I found it. I've, I opened it up, but um, it's kind of a so what moment. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that is uh, that 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 is a reflection or a preview of the disappointment that you're going to get when you uh, when you ultimately get to Aldrich's tomb. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm only being like half facetious. Like maybe, like I don't know. Like that's a read. It's not one that I hold genuinely, but it's there. It is pretty cool. It's still a bad shortcut. <laughs> it's also it's something I wonder. Right with the intro of the game, when we see Aldrich coming out with all the goop and slime. It doesn't look like this is the same tomb that we see him coming out of. I think in the intro, he's coming out of the uh, the Cemetery of Ashes. That's what it looks like to me. Yeah, it seems yeah. like all of them come from the Cemetery of Ashes. So it's it's kind of the same thing with Yorm too. Like that that cutscene was probably designed, likely designed at a different time in production too. Well, I yeah. feel like there is a reason for it though. I, I think like they all because they all left, right? Mm -hmm. That's that's the point. Is they were all like. Fuck this shit. <laughs> they all yeah. they abdicated. So yeah. I think that they do come from the Cemetery of Ash. There's also, there are some cool clues within the intro that you don't notice unless you start watching after finishing the game and really thinking about it. But I mm -hmm. think it's maybe it's like a Gwyn's coffin, right? In Dark Souls 1, mm -hmm. where it's not like he was ever there. They just had this giant, uh, almost ceremonial coffin for him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I wonder if that's the case for Aldrich's coffin. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, for I mean, sure. it's big enough for the giant blob. Though, so <laughs> Maybe I... he was never there. Yeah, I, w I was just surprised that the intro version of Aldrich, like I'm, I'm, I understand why they don't show him as he looks in the game because that's a major spoiler. Yeah. Um, but they don't show him. Like we never really fight or find anything that looks like the version that is in the intro. You know, 
That was pretty tough for me, too, making yeah. more videos. I was like, I want something to visually show him, but I don't <laughs> want to show the end until it makes sense. Yeah, it is uh, It is tricky. And we're, we're skirting dangerously close to spoiling too much with that already. Uh, so we, sh- we should stop talking about uh, later, later Aldrich. He does. Um, <laughs> it is. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's, uh, that's more or less it for the Cathedral of the Deep, like probably the biggest Souls area. One of my favorite in this game. Um, from a purely like level about design here that we just glazed over but th- after this point this is when honorary tells you yeah uh he went to Irithil. that's where he's at yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so it's like it's it confirmed is. both through the doll and honorary as well she gives that dialogue to yes. you if you go back to firelink shrine she's hanging with horace and she's like this is our next de- next destination right yeah go to yep, yep. and uh, yeah but, she got her own copy of the doll apparently <laughs> There's still no Lords of Cinder. <laughs> yeah. We're, no, we're no. pretty far in. Um, the, we're going to fight our first one in the next episode. Yeah. Um, in, in, uh, when we actually go down that ladder and go to Farron Keep, um, which uh, we have a guest lined up for that that I haven't been able to nail down the schedule. It's awesome uh, if we can get him on here. So I'm really hoping it, it is the case. Yes, me too. Um, but uh, yeah. So yeah, that, that's more or less the cathedral. Um, real. Does anybody have any other wrap-up thoughts that we things we haven't covered? general uh, kind of impressions of the cathedral i'm pro cathedral yeah i think it's really well designed um, uh, for all the reasons that we kind of mentioned before i feel like i've kind of exhausted all the uh all of my uh piquant uh commentary mm-hmm. about it yeah i'm gonna be super uh passive a little negative here i guess i think it's mm-hmm. a good design but for me it's almost a little too big mm-hmm. where my first time through i thought it was cool and this is like this is nitpicking, right? But like because I had I've played the game so many times at this point, just because I make videos about Dark Souls Three. Mm-hmm. But like going back through it again, I was like, man, this area is so big. There's just it's just so much vastness to it. So I, yeah. it was almost a little too big to me. Um, but I do really like how interwoven it was with the bonfire. Like it was nice that I think this is really the only area where you have one centralized bonfire that you keep on getting new shortcuts back to, and you're mm-hmm. like, cool. I got my main point, and I'm going to go ex- explore out again oh. to find new areas, which I did like a lot about it. There's one more later, but it's way more confusing, actually. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, you um, know, yeah, you're uh, right, you're right. Uh, um, yeah, it is It is kind of like a pacing thing. Um, but then when you realize like there actually aren't that many areas in uh, in this game compared to, to Dark Souls 2 at the very mm-hmm. least, um, that some of them are going to be way more substantial. You know, yeah. so it's like it is uh, you spend a you camp out here for a while, which I kind of like because it has that feeling of being a place of huge importance, even if ultimately it is kind of an anticlimax mm-hmm. as far as your grand quest. It is cool you know? just how much hidden lore is here within this area mm-hmm. that you have to actually like think about when you find the, the stuff. Because my first time through, I was like, OK, like I'm getting these items, but I didn't really make the connect the dots until later on. And I like that when I was playing through again, I was like, oh. Oh wow, this is what this means. Especially <laughs> means, especially as you keep on continuing to go find Aldrich and finding out more, you're like, wow, this stuff actually means a lot more than I realized. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I like and, that. And I, I love Aldrich. Like we're gonna, you know, people the the Gary hates Dark Souls three crowd are gonna have like a little bit of crow to eat is like <laughs> this area, and then when we get actually get to Irithil, because I fucking love he, it. He's like, actually he's my favorite boss in the game, which is he why made, he's my he, the first lore video I made was on him. Yeah. And so many people. There's so many people yeah. who hate him, but I, I actually like him a lot. I find him to be the most interesting in terms of his story, yeah. except for maybe uh, Hitler. But other than yeah. <laughs> as, as, as a, the boss of a uh, boss of history, <laughs> the, yeah. um, 
He's, he's up there for I, me, you too. Guys know I love who I'm him. Talking, a... if you know who I'm talking about if you know the lore stuff. Yeah. But otherwise, I'm going to leave it at that. But, like, <laughs> I think, like, I think he's one of the most interesting bosses because he has so much story to him, so many areas that relate to yeah. him. You know, mm. he's definitely, uh, the you know, he defines the first the like this first stretch that we've that we've gone to and you know ultimately like almost up to like the last you know like four fifths of this so it's cool that he just eats people that's awesome <laughs> i i like it too. that badass uh, and and then and then yeah the he he has that that sense to him and this is saying well i'll talk about more when we actually fight him but like if him just getting built up so much <laughs> um and the actual payoff is really satisfying like in a way that not a lot of the bosses in this game do for me, like where like you get, they have this mythic status mm -hmm. and there's this corridor right in the middle of the game where you're fighting these enemies that have this kind of like mythic status where you've gotten to know them through the environment and, and stuff that reminds me of dark souls one, you know, like you hear rumblings of Seath way before you meet mm -hmm. him, you know, and here it's like, yeah. Well, I was going to say, I think that's one of the best things about dark souls one and now three that dark souls two missed the boat on. Was mm -hmm. Dark Souls One has this intro where they introduce you to these four giant lords and you're like, yeah. oh god, like those things are insane. <laughs> There's no like, good thing they died a long time ago. And then you find out you have to fight them. And you're like, how am I gonna beat those things? They defeated the ancient dragons, and they did yeah. the same thing now with Dark Souls Three, where they introduce you right away to like these giant lords of Cinder, who aren't necessarily as crazy insane in the sense that they fought this huge war but you're already introduced to them right off the bat so they're built up in your mind a little bit better for yeah. when you're going to eventually encounter them and but even out of the ones that they do that for for dark souls 3 i think aldrich is the most successful yeah. oh, where, yeah, like, I, they I spend the most time laying down like we've just got this is the uh, the third area in a row that we've done that is like almost entirely related to and in service of building up aldrich yeah like we got the village he's been harvesting from We've got the path I, they dragged people through. Yeah. We got to his house, and we're still going to get to his hometown before we actually get to him. Yeah. Like, it's a really complete story. I realized that their first time through, though, because my first time through, I certainly had no idea Undead Settlement had any relation to Alderich. <laughs> and the Road of Sacrifices, I only knew because it was mentioned through Hawkwood. Yeah. But I didn't know, like, just that, I didn't realize that those carriers were bringing people to Alderich. Yeah. I just was like, oh, I guess, okay, all right. They brought sacrifices to Alderich. That's cool through this road. Yeah. But I didn't yeah. know, I didn't get that connection until I finally started getting those item drops from the evangelists and being like, oh, oh, like they're over here doing this thing and starting putting, started to put those pieces together. Yeah. It, was, it was just like my first time through, I just did not at all know that. Yeah, Aldrich is definitely central to like the main story of why the world in the game sucks right now. Like a lot of the other stuff that we find like almost feels like incidental, like on the way to him. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 Very cool. Um, yeah, Dave, thanks again for joining us. Um, yeah, thanks so much remind... for having me. Sorry if I rambled a lot. <laughs> it's, no, it's, it's quite all right. It is, uh, it is a, a complicated episode and area. Can you remind uh, people where they can find you online? Yeah, if you enjoyed hearing my, my as I hear on my lore videos a lot, incredibly horrible uh, voice. No. <laughs> That's mean. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. That's like a comment I get every so often. But if you, if you enjoyed me, uh, check me out on at Dave Control on YouTube. Uh, yeah, I do a lot of Dark Souls three lore. I do comedy one off stuff stuff too. And I've been, I don't know. Check out my fun comedy super shows. I I put a lot of work into them. Yeah. I like making them. I mm -hmm. hope you enjoy watching them. Yeah, recommended. Um, yeah. So yeah, thank you very much.
So we let Dave go because uh, we're going to be doing the admin stuff, but we really appreciate him taking the time. Absolutely. Yeah. Genuine uh, recommendation. What a, what a nice guy. Yeah. Like every time we've had him on and, and uh, when I met him in person, mm-hmm. like he's a real sweetheart. Yeah. I like him a lot. Um, yeah. So uh, as we mentioned, we're doing Fair and Keep next time. If you have things to say about Fair and Keep, hit us up at duckfeed.tv forward slash contact. Mm-hmm. Um, we really do appreciate it. Uh, if you want to support the show, if you like the show, the best way to support it is to go to patreon.com forward slash duckfeedtv and give us a couple bucks a month. Yeah makes a big difference yeah we have the uh the social media channels uh facebook and things like that um itunes ratings and reviews uh can never say that enough uh there are plenty Mm -hmm. of other shows on the network too um something that uh, we want to make sure uh people understand uh you know like if you are uh bummed out that in between our uh, uh kind of main episodes uh the you know the appendices just aren't enough uh we have shows on the network like uh, watch out for fireballs or abject suffering or any number of like really great stuff that relates to video games and other things um that uh, if you're hungry for more uh there's a lot of it and you know we stand by it we really enjoy it yeah you i mean you probably like video games in general you probably don't just like dark souls <laughs> if you were just like man why does bonfireside chat only come out every week like brother <laughs> there are like 150 episodes of watch out for fireballs or something like that um just waiting for you to uh to devour which are about old games mm-hmm. uh but that is a it's a, a similar similar treatment and uh, i think you'll like them yeah um so the, uh, recommend, give it a the recommended approach like that's not something you need to listen to from the beginning uh just look through the list of episodes and find a game that you like um, mm-hmm. and uh, start there. A game that you know, I suppose, would be the better way to, uh, to put it. Um, you know, something you're familiar with, and then kind of a, a hunt and pick from there. Yeah, and if you absolutely have to have a Souls connection, um, we did Castlevania 1, we did Castlevania 3. Um, we did uh, a special on game books where we talked about Sorcery, which was a book that inspired Miyazaki mm-hmm. um, to make Dark Souls. Um, so there are some Souls connections if you need that as an entry point, mm-hmm. but just choose a game you like. And like, come on, you like Super Metroid. Everybody <laughs> likes Super Metroid. Um, just uh, just find uh, find something you like and uh, give it a shot. Yeah. And so we think you'll like. Yeah, it. And that's on a similar schedule too. Like we have new uh, new episodes coming out uh, every other every other week. Like we just finished up like a, a four episode series on uh, Fallout New Vegas, mm-hmm. um, which is which is pretty good. And I I don't want to like put too hard of a sale on it, but like I want more people who listen to this to listen to that. Yeah, or at least check it out. Like if you checked it out and it's not for you, that's yeah. fine. But give it a shot. Yeah. Um, that's uh, that would we really appreciate mm-hmm. it. And uh, yeah, so uh, until next time, what else? What should oh, they do? Uh, just uh, just another thing, another plug. Um, I streamed. Oh, um, I streamed uh, uh, Echo Night Beyond. Oh, there you yeah. go. So yeah. if you go to uh, youtubecom slash TV, uh, you can find that playlist. I've been doing more like horror game streams. Those are really fun to do. Uh, just uh, when I'm looking for uh, an excuse to play games for fun, um, and mm-hmm. I can't do that without having a network connection. Um, but yeah, Echo Night Beyond. It's a From Software horror game. Uh, from 2004 that nobody knows about and a lot of people were kind of like surprised and uh, pleased by what they saw uh, so that is a complete yeah. playthrough over there check that out yeah. um, after they do that what should they do <laughs> oh curiosity will be the demise of you kittens or whatever patches says <laughs> yeah there we go um umbasa umbasa And we all pray that we will have far more soon.